Recording has started. Uh, do you want to introduce the meeting or shall I? Uh, um, please go ahead. This is the Sunshine Ordinance Task Force Compliance and Amendments Committee meeting of the City and County of San Francisco. This is a regular meeting taking place in hearing room 408 at City Hall, Dr. One Carlton B. Goodland Place in San Francisco. The date is June 27 and the time is 434. The telephone call-in number is 415-655-0001. The meeting ID 25910018896 pound pound. Press star three to enter the speaker line. Uh, Chair LaHood, would you like to do? Uh, sure. I'll read meeting decorum. Any yeah. member of the Sunshine Ordinance Task Force may call for decorum due to the disorderly conduct of meeting participants. Persons who engage in threatening and or menacing behavior may be asked to leave. Uh, okay. Please call the first item. Item number one, call to order, roll call, and agenda changes. Let's begin with roll call. Member Wolf. I'm here. Present. Member Wolf present. Member Wong. Present. Member Wong present. Chair LaHood. Present. Chair LaHood present. We have a quorum. Um, I am not aware of any agenda changes. Uh, are, what about the three of you? I'm not aware of any agenda changes. Members, do you have any anything that you know about? Uh, only the uh, one uh, question from Ms. Shulman. Was that resolved? Yeah, uh, yes, unfortunately, uh, we, we are going with the agenda as it stands. Um, because this is the agenda that was sent out. Okay. Thank you. Uh, Member Wong, did you have any suggestion changes edits? I think it's too late to, but I think 1 thing was we didn't actually approve the minutes from the February compliance and amendments meeting in the. In the April compliance and amendments meeting, so they were supposed to be, I think, in today's agenda. I think you might be right about that. Um, when we get to uh, um, approval of the minutes, uh, perhaps we can take action on that then. Meaning not take action, but uh, we will have to, uh, I will recommend that we put it on the agenda for our next meeting. We cannot approve it this time because the um, updated minutes did not, uh, were not posted. Yep, sounds good. Okay, uh, please call the next item. Item number two, approval of the April 25, 2023 Compliance and Amendments Committee meeting minutes. I have a copy of the minutes if anybody would like to provide uh, suggested changes. Um, members, uh, do you have any suggested changes? And uh, Member Wong, if you'd like to make your suggestion, uh, if you have any suggestions regarding past minutes that need to be approved, we could discuss that now. Uh, sure, yeah, so I think we do need to um, probably do approvals of the February minutes uh, in the next compliance and amendments meeting. 
Um, there's also one correction on the April minutes. So for agenda item four, uh, the motion is actually incorrect. So uh, the two sections, uh, 6726 and 6727, I think got mixed up. So it should actually be um, finding a violation of section 67.26 for not keying each redaction by footnote. And no, I think I have it correct. Um, I know it's a 67.26 for failing to keep withholding to a minimum. Actually, it should be 67.27 for not providing appropriate justification for withholding. Um, just to clarify, so 6726 is for failure to keep withholding to a minimum. Is that correct? Yeah. It It is, but that's not the, that wasn't the motion. The motion was to find a violation of 67.26 for not keying each redaction by footnote. I see. And then it should be 67.27 for not providing appropriate justification for withholding. Thank you for that uh, clarification. Uh, Ms. Leger, do you, do you have that? Yeah, I was just writing it down. Okay. Um, any other updates, clarifications, or corrections? Okay. Um, hearing none, um, I will make a motion to approve the minutes with the suggested uh, corrections. Do I have a second? Second. Okay. Uh, let's open this up for public comment on the April minutes. Uh, Mr. Young, do we have anyone wishing to make public comment on the minutes and suggested changes? Uh, yes, I do. Uh, just for the other parties, if you would like to make public comment on this matter, if you're on the telephone, you can press star three to raise your hand. Uh, otherwise, you can use the application to raise your hand. I will unmute our caller. Caller has been unmuted. Is that Mr. Pilpel? It is. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can. Uh, just a moment, please. Oh, we can't hear you, but it's a little blurry. Okay, I'm on the computer and not on the phone right now. Well, we can hear you okay for public comment. Okay. Um, so under uh, minutes. Oh, yes. Hold on one, one moment, please. Uh, Ms. Lachey is going to start the timer. Yeah. Um, Maybe if you didn't speak so closely to your computer, we could hear you better. Because I'm it is muffled sounding. I could move to Daly City. Never mind. 
That's better. All right. All right, you ready? Sure. Okay, um, so David, so I'm the uh, minutes. Yes, I agree that the February minutes are coming soon at the next meeting, perhaps. Um, on page 1 of the minutes uh, near the top regular meeting uh, date and time uh, members. That's all good. Um, I'm thinking listing the location like city hall in 408 would be good on the minutes. I don't know why they're not uh, on here. Um, I was also a bit confused as I was reading through this member uh, Wolf, I believe, uh, joined uh, late and uh, left a, a few minutes early. That's fine. It was just confusing because he's listed as voting on item two, and then there's a notation that he was noted present. Perhaps the notation should be prior to um, a vote, and then he was listed as being absent on item eight. Um, so I can't remember if that was taken out of order. Anyway, I, I don't think nobody listed anything untoward. I was just trying to uh, figure out what the uh, sequence was, and it was a, a little confusing. So perhaps if uh, someone can go back and just uh, clarify uh, those points, that would be fine. Also, finally, on item two, I think the action reads a little weird. Moved um, by Chair LaHood, seconded by Member Wong, that the matter is continued in, until the next Compliance and Amendments Committee as, agended, as amended. Um, I, I don't know. Somehow I think that could be uh, reworded. Uh, moved and seconded that the minutes be continued until the next or a future compliance and amendments uh, committee meeting, something like that. Um, other than that, I didn't see anything uh, huge and, and concerning. Um, those were my comments on the minutes. Um, I, uh, for tonight, I was really only interested in item 10, so I think I will probably disappear for an hour and a half or two hours and come back uh, when you get to item 10. Thanks very much for listening. <coughs> Do we have anyone else wishing to make public comment on the minutes? I do not see any other hands raised at this time. Okay, um, Ms. Leger, I would uh, accept um, a couple of the things Mr. Pilpel mentioned, maybe uh, figuring out when uh, member Wolf returned um, uh, in that vote, if it was entirely before two or someone somewhere in the middle there, but to make sure we acknowledge his presence before uh, he appears as voting um, and then the uh, sure, let's add the address at the top of the minutes um, and the location of the meeting and for the action saying that approval of the minutes is continued until the next compliance and amendments committee meeting. Member Wolf, do you accept those uh, changes? Yes, I do. Just a moment, I'll be right with you.
I believe we're ready for a vote as on the motion as amended. Yes, we were just waiting for Ms. Lajay to uh, finish yeah, her notes. Victor, they were just waiting for me to write everything down. Um, Chair LaHood. Aye. Chair LaHood, aye. Member Wolf. Aye. Member Wolf, aye. Member Wong. Member Wong, aye. Moved by Chair LaHood, seconded by Member Wolf to accept the meeting minutes as amended by Mr. Pelpel and look to acknowledge Mr. Wolf's presence and the action approval of the continuance at the next Compliance and Amendments Committee meeting. Do I get to use the gavel? Yeah, you want. Okay. <laughs> um, I would like to make an additional uh, motion to uh, add approval of the February 21, 2023 Compliance and Amendments Committee meeting minutes with the event with the amendments suggested at the April meeting to be added to the agenda for our next Compliance and Amendments Committee meeting. Um, this is Victor. Mm -hmm. I don't believe you need to, we need a motion for that. Uh, the chair can just direct that to happen. Okay, Ms. Leger, could we please make sure that we have approval of the amended uh, February meeting minutes added to the agenda for our next compliance and amendments committee meeting? Okay. Great. Thank you. Okay, so this is June. So that would be uh, August, correct? Mm -hmm. Yes. And then when you're ready, uh, please call the next item. Item number three, public comment. Members of the public may address the committee on matters that are within the committee's jurisdiction, but not on today's agenda. Mr. Young, do we have any members of the public wishing to make public comment uh, on who are online or on the phone? And um, do we have anyone in the room who would like to make public comment? If you're interested in making public comment, please step up to the podium. Yes, if you're uh, online, either via telephone or via the application. If you're on the telephone, you can press star three to raise your hand uh, or otherwise use the application to raise your hand if you'd like to make public comment at this time. I will give everyone a few moments. I do not see any hands raised at this time. Okay, and I, we don't have anyone in the room who has stepped up to make public comment. Uh, so we will move on to the next item. Uh, Ms. Leger, please call item number four. Item number four, file number 22014, complaint filed by Sergei Sverinov against Lieutenant Lynn Riley and the police department for allegedly violating administrative code section 6721B by failing to respond to a public records request in a timely and a complete manner. On December 7, 2022, the task force moved to refer the matter to the Compliance and Amendments Committee for future monitoring. Okay, um, uh, Mr. Young, do we have the petitioner and respondent uh, with us um, on the phone or online? Okay, I have unmuted uh, the, the petitioner. If the respondent is present, we appreciate it if you can raise your hand. This is Lieutenant Toomey for the San Francisco Police Department. It sounds like we have both parties present. Okay. Uh, uh, Mr. Uh, uh I did unmute your line. If you can just go ahead and announce yourself so we know you're there. Yes, I'm here. 
Okay. Thank you very much. Um, I'd like to start with uh, Mr. Zverinov. Thank you for being here today. I'd like to give you a few minutes to give us an update on uh, what additional records you have received since our uh, last meeting. And, and if you could tell us if there's anything that you have not received that uh, you believe should be sent to you. First of all, I have a question. In the yes. announcement of this uh, meeting, Mm -hmm. uh, the uh, text reads that this is uh, a hearing on files 22020 and file 22014. Yet Ms. Leger only announced fly, file 22014. So just to make sure that uh, the committee is now today hearing both files. Yes, we will be hearing both files, but um, just to make sure that we're keeping um, your requests, uh, that we don't mix anything up, we're going to be hearing 22014 first, and then actually your, your 22020 is the next item on the agenda, so we will be handling that one second. Um, I understand that it might be difficult to... Uh, um, that, that maybe some of the things you say may apply to both, but as much as possible, it, it, we would like to help you by focusing on the items you requested in 22014 first during this part of the, the discussion. Uh, okay, well. Are we timing? So, and I, and because we've, we've uh, handled this before, I would just ask, um, I'm not gonna set the timer with you, but if you could um, be as concise as possible because so that we can, um, uh, spend time helping, helping, giving you the help that you need. Okay, so um, the uh, full uh, Sunshine Ordinance Task Force heard the, um, both cases or discussed both cases, let's put it this way, on June 7th. Prior to that, it was heard in December 2022. Uh, after the June 7th, hearing I didn't receive any documents, any disclosures, I would say any responsive records from the police department. After the hearing on December 7, I received a letter from the, uh, signed by Lieutenant Riley, to which I responded uh, that Lieutenant Riley is no longer with the police department. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, so it was uh, signed by a ghost name. Uh, the letter stated that uh, uh, the police department has exhausted uh, uh, their responses. Uh, and in the next sentence, they contradicted themselves. And they said that your request for body-worn camera footage has been forwarded to the body-worn camera unit for processing. Expect to receive a separate response from the body one camera unit, which I didn't. Okay, I didn't receive any response. Uh, the other thing that that letter said, the letter dated December 19, 2022, and that referenced their file P062 599 02 The other thing that it said that uh, they, uh, I'll just quote it. Certain emails have been withheld under the attorney client privilege, which I submit to you is unlawful. If they, if they uh, did uh, withheld anything, they should have provided a description 
identifiable description of that 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 could be used to identify those emails and make a judgment uh, whether these are in fact protected by the attorney-client privilege or not. So there is no. There's just a blanket statement that certain emails have been withheld under the attorney um, privilege, whereas the Sunshine Ordinance requires them to provide a detailed description without providing content, but a detailed description that would be uh, sufficient to identify those emails and make a judgment uh, whether they are indeed protected and uh, exempt or not. Uh, furthermore, as follows from this letter uh, that I received, uh, the uh, police department refuses to make a search of uh, its email databases. No emails have been uh, disclosed. No statement as to the fact that they searched for any databases have been made. And uh, uh, there are emails that I submitted previously to the Sunshine Ordinance that I have obtained from other sources. In, in particular, I have uh, obtained them from the uh, Department of Police Accountability that contained the correspondence between the San Francisco Police Department and Department of Police Accountability uh, that reference my name and reference the name of my children. And uh, these emails have been disclosed to me by Department of Police Accountability, but they were not disclosed to me by their police department. Why am I saying all this? To make the point that police department has refused, is refusing, and continues to refuse to make a search of their um, uh, emails and either databases. And finally, in the last hearing by the full task force three weeks ago on the 7th of June, uh, there was a decision taken that uh, the police department provide a sort of list of all disclosed documents, all the documents that exist and have not been disclosed, according to the uh, Sunshine Ordinance of San Francisco, they have to produce such list. Uh, and uh, since last hearing on June 7th, I have not received any correspondence from the police department. That's it. Okay. Thank you for that update. Um, that that was very helpful, um, Lieutenant Toomey. Regarding two two zero one four, can you explain why Mr. Zvernov has not received further documents or further correspondence or any indication um, uh, regarding or any further information regarding this request and why why there's been no response to our order of determination that was issued in October. The uh, San Francisco Police Department provided uh, the respondent on June 9th with a link for the body-worn camera footage that he requested in this request. So he was provided that uh, on June 9th, two days after the June 7th uh, meeting that we had. Okay. And if if I'm not mistaken, during uh, file two zero, the file that we're speaking of now, two zero two two zero one four, at our last meeting regarding that one, uh, the uh, request was uh, focused on making sure that we got him uh, the body worn camera footage for that, uh, and we did 
I, I can remember we were having that meeting and I made that request as we were speaking. Yes. Uh, and two days later, that request was uh, furnished to him by our body worn camera unit. Okay, I, I remember that distinctly. And so, Mr. Zvernoff, did you re did you receive the email with the link and ha and were you able to view the footage? No, I didn't receive it, and I certainly didn't view the footage. Huh. Uh, um, can I ask between the two of you, uh, Ms. Uh, Lieutenant Toomey, uh, which email address did you use to send it to? And let's have Mr. Zvernoff verify that that is an active email address that he's using. Uh, working on that um, as we speak. Bear with me one moment. Okay, that would be that would be very important. Um, Correct. Give me one second to see if I can file through to get to that. And Mr. Zvernoff, do you have access to your, uh, I, I don't know where you are. Do you have access to your email now where you would be able yes. to look? Okay. Yes, I do. And uh, the point of all this is that uh, the uh, um, emphasis I made in the hearing on June 7th was that I called the police department in the act of non-disclosure because the DPA accountability published a reference to particular um, uh, particular uh, video worn camera footages. Now the thing is, uh, I'm sick and tired of uh, playing catch me if, if you can game with the police department. I have to dig out through other sources and mention a reference to a particular uh, record existence, and then the police department will go and as uh, Lieutenant Tony said, okay, now we're gonna provide you because you caught us. The point of this for a year and four months, they've been concealing it. They've been concealing it intentionally. And uh, one of the things that I actually want to make sure you understand, they haven't done any search. They're just waiting for me to identify a record and they will grudgingly release it. But they're not doing the search. That's the key to this. And what Lieutenant Tommy is saying, okay, that I identified two records and they found them after I identified them. So now I will have to search for general references or open reference for other records. This is not how the Sunshine Ordinance is supposed to work. Yes, I I I I hear your I hear the frustration, you know, from you that we've heard in this meeting and previous meetings. Um, Lieutenant Toomey, have you been able to find locate that email so you can verify um, exactly when it was sent on June 9th and to which email address? Not yet. You're um, sorry. I'm still trying to search through the myriad of uh, requests. It. I don't want to. We have a number of dif different email addresses here. I want to confirm which one it was sent to. Okay. While you're doing that, um, I'd like to offer to uh, um, the committee oh, members. I, I apologize. I do have uh, the email in front of me. Okay. Uh, it was sent to S is in Sam. E is Actually, in before Edward. you say that, oh, hold on. Before you say, I apologize. Mr. Zvernoff, is it okay if he reads it into the record, or would you prefer that? That's uh, fine. Okay. Thank you. Uh, thank you. Sorry about that. I appreciate that. Uh, the email that it was sent to is S is in Sam, E is in Edward, R is in Robert, O is in Ocean, L is in Lincoln, G is in George, A, 
I have a, oh my goodness, I probably need a better set of glasses. A is in Adam at yahoo.com. And can you tell us what time of day that was sent on the 9th? It was, yeah, it was sent on June 9th, 2023 at 11.56 and 14 seconds a.m. Well, it would be actually makes sense to say who sent this in it. Yes, who, who, what is the from email address that Mr. Sternhoff? Certainly, it was sent, it was sent through our public portal. Our, the sender was uh, Lieutenant Christopher, C-H-R-I-S-T-O-P-H-E-R, Beauchamp, spelled B-E-A-U-C-H-A-M-P, he is the lieutenant in charge of the body-worn camera unit. Mr. Sparanoff, are you seeing that either in your inbox or? No, um, I, I, I don't. I don't see that uh, in my uh, mailbox uh, on turn lines. And uh, you would request that the police department resend it. And again, this is something that's uh, uh, we're playing this uh, catch me if you can game. Yeah. I I believe that this is the uh, something that really I brought up in a very convincing way by reference to DPA uh, documents. Now. All right. So Before the, you continue, can I ask, could you check your junk mail or your spam filter? And the only reason I say is I wonder if, because it was an email address you hadn't received anything from before, if it may have gotten um, just to, to, to make sure that we've checked all corners. Um, and in addition, I'd ask Lieutenant Toomey, since uh, uh, Mr. Zvernoff is looking at his email right now, could you forward that email? to that same email address right now, and uh, we'll see if he receives it. I, I don't know if I have uh, access to actually forward body-worn camera footage based on my position. I don't have the, I have the ability to see what was done, mm -hmm. but I don't believe I have the means of actually re-forwarding these emails with the links to them. Okay. Well, while Mr. Zvernoff is checking to make sure that it's not in a junk folder or a spam filter, um, I'd like to, uh, uh, fellow uh, committee members, do you have questions for our participants here? And how can, what, what should, what are, what questions do you have? Member Wolf. Member Wolf, please. Yeah, so um, I think what would really be helpful is I understand that Mr. Sverinov would uh, like for the police department to do a more extensive search. The problem is, is that um, without us knowing or having some idea from him uh, what he's looking for exactly, it's hard to just have an up open ended uh, kind of search. If there's something that he knows that is missing or that it's like not like he has a, a mess, an email message at one point, an email message at another uh, a point, and 
that they obviously something ha was happening in between and those messages are, are not there, uh, then we could zero in on exactly a period of time. It's, it's a little difficult to just say, respondent, go and, and do a more extensive search to see if you can find something. Uh, that's, that's not something that we uh, generally do. Um, so if there's, if Mr. Sverinov, if there's a specific document that you're hoping to find or that you, you know, you're interested in, uh, in, in having disclosed, then um, that would be really helpful in zeroing in exactly in what you're, what you're looking for, what your needs are. Can I respond to this? Sure. Well, I mean, I think this uh, words are putting the sunshine ordinance uh, from the head uh, up uh, upside down, because the section sixty-seven twenty-one C says that the respondent, in this case, police department, has a positive duty to identify the records and provide a list of the records exempt or otherwise. The uh, San Francisco Police Departments is not a open and transparent organizations. It's... Yeah, but I, I understand that, Mr. Svernoff, but the, I understand okay, what you're saying with regards to that section of the code, I understand what you're saying, but we can only go by what the respondent's uh, testimony is. If they say they've done a full search and this is all they can find, we can't, well, unless you can identify that there's something specific that is missing, we have no way of, of uh, you know, sending them back to do things that they they may not find. That's not Section our job. It's not our job. Section sixty-seven twenty-one C obliges them to provide a full list of responsive records with detailed description, easily identifiable, whether exempt or not. They have not done it. They have not fulfilled their obligations under 6721C. And if you listened to me earlier, you would probably have heard to me that the San Francisco Police Department said they haven't done search of either emails. Second, they said certain emails have been withheld under the attorney-client privilege. So they have the records. They know that they have them, but they haven't provided a list of them, easily identifiable and uh, with details, what are the emails? And that is something that they must do, provide a list, identifiable, detailed list without the content, but the list such that it would be possible to challenge and possible to uh, make a judgment whether they are in fact exempt or not. The, okay. the statement okay. certain okay. emails have been I, 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 is not sufficient. In the interest, in the interest of time, okay. Uh, Lieutenant Toomey, have you provided such a a, a list of of communications or documents or records or what have you in the ways uh, Mr. Smirnoff is explaining? He he's, he requested, and we actually did a keyword search of the names that he gave, and we provided him 670 pages, 607 pages, excuse me, of email documents that contained the keyword search of the names that he provided. We did, in that correspondence, advise him that there were emails between members of the San Francisco Police Department and members of the San Francisco City's Attorney's Office that were uh, client attorney-client privilege emails 
regarding how to uh, conduct and what we needed to do in the way of search for this Sunshine Ordinance request. So he has, we have done a full search of every email that we possibly still have in our possession and provided him 607 pages of those emails. So, Mr. Spiranoff, uh, I understand that you found other emails that you received from the Department of Police Accountability. Is that correct? That were not, were, are you saying that those were not in the uh, pages provided by the police department? That's correct. And again, the statement by the police department as uh, verbatim, the statement from the letter, certain emails have been withheld under the attorney-client privileges is a mockery of the law. If they have those emails, they have to provide a detailed description, numbered description with details of those emails, how many, identifying each separately, so that these um, emails can be uh, their content or privileges can be challenged or not. So, uh, Lieutenant Toomey, is there a reason why uh, Mr. Svernoff has not received a listing of how many emails were withheld for attorney-client privilege? Or if that has already been provided, forgive me um, uh, for not seeing that. Uh, but can you offer some more details on that? No, other than it, we, whenever the, the issue is, we would provide the city attorney with the full file that was presented, just like it was presented to you folks. Mm -hmm. And we would, and the, as an attachment to an email stating how far we would ask certain uh, legal, uh, we'd be asking for certain legal advice from the city attorney's office. And right. so those emails have his name attached to them because they contain that long myriad of information. Um, and then there is a back and forth communication between ourselves and the city attorney's office. Do we have a comprehensive list of those emails? No, we have just told them that discussions and emails that we have between ourselves and the city attorney regarding this matter we have emails, we are not disclosing them due to attorney-client privilege. Okay, one other question. Hold on, Mr. Svernoff, wait, 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 Mr. Svernoff. Um, uh, Lieutenant Toomey, can you explain why uh, Mr. Svernoff may have received uh, emails from the Department of Police Accountability that involved correspondence with the police department that were not part of the release sent directly to him? Uh, there could be a myriad of reasons. Um, mainly, we're no longer in possession of the email. It could have been whomever within the police department was contacting the Department of Police Accountability could have easily just erased it, and we are mm -hmm. thus no longer in possession of it. Um, I, I question or, or wonder exactly what that correspondence is based on the fact that the Department of Police Accountability is an outside entity mm -hmm. that we don't necessarily, I mean, we communicate with, uh, but they are not a part of the police department. We don't have the ability to search their uh, email archives. Mm -hmm. We don't have the ability. They, we we weren't asked to contact the Department of Police Accountability and and ask for all of the records that they have regarding uh, the uh, complainant. Okay. So, and, um, 
my main my main my main reason would be that when we did the keyword search of the uh, individual and those names that he provided, that is what we still have in our possession. What might have been thrown out because it was thrown out because it's no longer a working document. It's gone. And um, we, you may have answered this question at a previous meeting, but just to make sure we're all on the same page with this. Can you tell us what the department's policy is regarding uh, deleting emails? Uh, we don't have a retention policy. Once the document is no longer needed, it can be erased by whichever member it is in their inbox. Okay, and so that is a department policy and that would explain why certain emails that may still have been retained by the Department of Police Accountability and yet not retained by the individuals who sent them within the police department. Correct, and it's encouraged by our IT unit to regularly clean out our inbox so as to not have uh, a large inbox that would bog down our system with digital storage. Okay, thank you. Um, and uh, Mr. Sparanoff, were you able to locate the email with the um, uh, body-worn camera video in either a spam or junk folder? No, I haven't. Okay. Okay. Um, how are we going to remedy this, Lieutenant Toomey? How are we going to make, because uh, if the email was sent, but uh, Mr. Svernoff is not receiving it, I feel like we're going to continue going around in circles. How are we going to make sure he, that this information is sent to him and confirm that he has received it? I, 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 I really, I, I don't know other than we can, I can have the request sent. Uh, I can have a, the officer in charge of it send it again. I can confirm based on uh, the audit that we have here, I can see that the document was not viewed uh, by the complainant. I can see that he has reviewed other documents that have been put into the portal before. Uh, I can see that uh, he is, um, I'm trying to review through here. I can kind of, we can kind of look to see. It does not appear though that he has um, viewed it. So okay. I can send it again. I can request to have it be sent again. It can be sent again in the morning tomorrow. Um, but it, it, I, I, I can't, I, I can't, uh, I can't force them to open it once we send it. Okay. Here's what I would like to request that you have it sent to him in the morning again tomorrow. And I would Certainly. also like to request that it be CC'd to Ms. Leger, our administrator at SOTF at sfgov.org. And she can verify that if she receives it, uh, and then maybe we can also check in, we can confirm that it was sent, and we can check in with Mr. Zvarinov and make sure that he has received it and is able to view the footage. I have an uh, objection to that because you, the oh. records requested are requested to be viewed by myself and not anybody else. Um, it's a, if it's going it's to a be public released, record. it's a public record, it's a public record. Well, it's a public record that's being released to me. Miss Lizzie, no. I didn't, didn't make a request. No. If she makes no. a request it's a, for that. No. So all I've public... actually just, I have just received a public records request from the Sunshine Ordinance Task Force to provide that document. So have I not? Let's, 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 yes. wait a minute. Let's, 
before we go down that road, okay? Thank you. <laughs> okay, before we do that, okay? I appreciate what you're saying, but you, that's jumping the gun a bit, okay? Okay. I would, I would just say, first of all, any record that's being requested that the Sunshine Ordinance Task Force is deemed a public record, which allows us to then have this hearing is a publicly accessible record. Mr. Svernov, if you decided that you don't want that record to be exposed, then that you should have thought about that before. I mean, it's, it's a, it is a public record no matter what. As, I haven't as, seen that record. It doesn't matter if you saw it or not. It's still a public record. That's what we're trying to, to for them to release. But the, if we request a copy of it to assure its delivery, then you know it, it it's allowed. I don't think Sunshine Ordinance allows you to request a record of uh, that's absolutely. being released to me. Absolutely, absolutely, we it could. does. Absolutely, well, sir. sir. Absolutely, sir. The Sunshine Task Force can order uh, documents to be uh, to be released. Well, absolutely. Then this order should be made and public, and I should be able to contest it. Well, it doesn't matter because if we found it to be public, anybody can request it. Anybody. Sure. Well, you should make a request then. We don't need to. We've already made the order for it to be disclosed. They already said that they've tried to send it to you. Okay. It's already a public record. Now we're just trying to assure that it does get delivered to you. All we're asking is that they CC us so that we, we, when we receive it, we know that it's been sent to you. And well, Mr. Fairnoff, I, I, I want to assure you that Ms. Leger has no interest in actually viewing this. The whole reason in asking her to be CC'd on this is to ensure that the document is sent to you. Otherwise, you know, I, 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 it, it would be a shame to have to wait another two months to find out that you still haven't received it because of some technical issue. And so I want to make sure that this is going through and this is the, the best way that I can think of to make sure that you're going to receive this in a, you know, as, as, as soon as possible, which seems to be tomorrow morning. Well, my objection stands. There is um, on the, some of those videos that they send, there is police department molesting my, uh, minor daughter. This is something that's of, uh, great, um, uh, sort of stress and, uh, of great emotional suffering for us. And therefore my objection stands. Madam Chair, I mean, through the chair, mm -hmm. then this should have been uh, taken up in court. Yes. Because in court, they can hold things in camera. And if it is, if that, if that level is of objection that you have, then you could make a motion that the uh, a video not be released and that it only be seen in camera by the judge and the judge only. We, it, that's not, My that's objection not stands. that's it. That's not us. Okay. Very I mean, good. I actually, I, I'd like to ask uh, committee members, you know, the, the only reason for me to make that request is to ensure that Mr. Zmarinov is receiving the footage, which thus far he says he has not. I have no problem with asking Lieutenant Toomey not to CC us on this, but then we're going to, I think, run into a situation where we're going to have to come back in two months and, and go through this again. But I'm fine right. with withdrawing that request because I do not want to cause 
Mr. Zverinov undue distress, even though, you know, we're discussing this and someone else could request it, but I don't want to cause him that distress unnecessarily. Unnecessarily. Do you have thoughts on Madam, this? Yeah, Madam Chair, let me just ask. I just want to ask Lieutenant Toomey a, a quick question. Was this uh, uh, a record that's a video, was that um, provided to Mr. Sverna through your portal system? Yes, it was. Okay. Mr. Severinoff, did you access the portal system to, to find that? But never mind email. Have you logged into the portal system to be able to find that document or that record? So I haven't. If you are speaking about something that has sent has been allegedly sent to me since the hearing on June 7th, then the answer is no. Since June 7th, I have not received any new disclosure and any new emails. You logged, that wasn't my question. Did you log yeah. into the police portal system? If he, in the past, yes. Mr. In the past, Lieutenant, yes. No, no, not I since June 7. Why not? In the past, yes. Since not since June 7. Why not? Because, because they're, they're protected. Only... Because your record is protected. Okay. I what happens is that I receive an email saying these are the records for you. Now, when I click on attachments, well, they probably are hosted on the police records okay so i click on and go to retrieve documents when i receive a notification of them since june 7th i have not received any notifications i i i I have nothing further, Madam Chair. If, I, if, I don't know if how I, may. I don't know how to dispense with this at this point because I don't if really I, know what records are are still outstanding, except for this video and one email. Lieutenant Toomey, yes, please go ahead. Yeah. So, thankfully, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, the body ward camera unit CC'd me on the June 9th email to the complainant, uh, I'm looking at that. I could forward that email to uh, the Sunshine Ordinance Task Force web's email right now. No, no, forward it to Mr. Zverinov right now, please. Oh, that, I, that's, that's, that's even That's better. what I would like you to do. And Mr. Zverinov, let me, let me. yes. S E R O L G A at yahoo.com. Is that correct? Yes, it's correct. Okay. Uh, and uh, also, there, are, as I mentioned in the letter of December, about a number of emails that have been withheld due to claimed client attorney privilege without a list of those emails. It's not one, it's many. Okay, let's I'm I'm focused on the the camera footage first. Lieutenant Toomey, let us know when you press when you've when you've sent it. It and is Mr. Been Sarin, okay. Mr. Sarinoff, uh if you could just watch your inbox right now, I would like to confirm that you have received this email. I'm watching it. Okay. Thank you everyone for your patience. I, you know, it's 
um, if we can resolve any any pieces of this on the spot, um, all the better. Yeah, I have received it. Okay. Yeah, I received that um, email. Yes, I received okay. it. Okay. Are you able to, you, I, I don't need you to, to watch everything, but are you able to click on the link and access where it, where the footage is located? Uh, I will click on it as soon as I have uh, time right now. I'm focused on this meeting and I don't okay. think I can. Okay, that is fine. But you are satisfied that, okay. Um, you are satisfied that you have received the link to that information, and I am I am hoping very much that you're able to access it without any problems at this point. Uh, or what after I the see here is a list of two. Uh, so they're not uh, they're not attached to it, mm -hmm. uh, but I see here a list of two uh, videos, a list of two videos uh, of uh, December twenty second, twenty twenty one. The ones that I mentioned in my uh address to the full uh task force on uh on uh, uh september 22nd and again i want to say that uh the police department really forces me here to play uh catch me if you can gain once i uh find through losing or other means that there is a certain records then they reluctantly release it there is a list of emails from the that are responsive to my request that they claim privilege and exemption well they according to the section 6721c they have to provide a detailed list with this detailed descriptions of those emails okay uh mr Svernoff, uh hold on one second i'd like to discuss with um, my fellow task force members uh task force members do you have any additional thoughts regarding the um uh, emails between the department and the city attorney's office being withheld for attorney client privilege. This is something that we encounter all the time. I don't think we've ever had success getting past that, but are there any cases where you can recall that, um, that departments provided a list or an enumeration, uh, of emails or other records that were being held withheld because of due to attorney client privilege that were about communications with the city attorney's office. Well, the letter is Hold on, I'm talking, no, I'm not no. talking, Mr. No. Sternoff, I'm really sorry. I'm talking to member Wong and member Wolf right now. Uh, this is member Wong. I'm, I'm not aware of any cases where we've been able to acquire records. Um, that have been protected by specifically that privilege. And my only experience is that it's uh, up to the client. The attorney-client privilege is it's only uh, for the attorney. Uh, the client has the ability to release them or not. If they choose not to release them, uh, then that's their uh, that's their prerogative. Uh, but the attorney is is. Under, under attorney client privilege cannot release them. Um, now, I, I also want to say that there's nothing in 6721C that discusses a list of anything. 
it just states that a statement of the existence, the quantity, the form, the nature of records. Okay. Now, you want to call that a list? Okay, fine. It's a list, but it's really just a statement that uh, that these uh, records um, uh, uh, are 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 in have that it, they exist. They don't have to be produced. They just have to be. Uh, uh, notif notify that they exist so that a requester can make a request of whatever is available. Now, that is the purpose of the index of records. That's that's what that's there for. So, if the police department has um, uh, a robust uh, index of records, which should be publicly available on the city's website. That should also provide an additional place uh, for uh, members of the public to go to. Um, that's all I have. Yeah, attorney client privilege. If it was an attorney that was here, they would say absolutely not. I cannot release that unless the client wants to release it themselves. Okay. Um, thank you members. Uh, this, this reinforces my recollection of our past experience and I appreciate you um, helping with those details. Um, just. As a matter of course, I'll ask Lieutenant Toomey, would the police department consider waiving its attorney client privilege on any of those emails? No, we would not. Okay. Uh, Mr. Svernoff, I believe this is far is as far as we can go with this particular case. I'm glad that we were able to ensure that you have access to the, the uh, body worn camera footage. Um, but at this point, I don't think there's any more to be done regarding uh, complaint 22014. Now, that said, if we resolve, uh, you know, if we decide to uh, close this matter today, if you become of, aware of any new or additional information uh, and want us to reopen the matter, you can you can come back. But at, at this point, um, members, I, I, I think we've gone as far as we can regarding compliance with, with this case. Would you agree? What? The letter that I received from the police. I'm talking department. to the members, please. Members, do you have any additional thoughts? No, I, I concur. I concur with that. Okay, uh, Mr. Svernoff, um, I know you were trying to say something else, and I, I, I'll if if uh, I'll give you uh, a chance to say what you were trying to say. So the letter that I received from the police department on uh, December 22nd of 2022 does not claim that these are letters or correspondence between the police department and city's attorney's office. That's something Mr. Uh, Tumi has just added in, into, this, into this conversation. I do not want to take this word as a last letter in this. The, the specific written response said there are emails that are, in their opinion, covered by attorney-client privilege. They don't say that these are emails between San Francisco Police Department and the city attorneys. So well, an index has not been provided. Okay, so. This is something that needs to be provided, whether they are indeed between the city attorneys and police department or not. 
the putting the uh, just taking this on faith. Mr. Sveranov, I'm 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 really sorry. I'm going to stop you now because we have more items on the agenda, including another item for that uh, that is a, one of your cases. The city attorney is uh, <laughs> uh, the city attorney provides counsel to all city departments. If the police department is a claiming attorney client privilege. It is with the city attorney. That is that is their attorney. Their their attorney is the city attorney, unless they explain otherwise. That's not something that they would. That uh, I mean, I think it it helps members of the public to explain that. But we understand implicitly that the city attorney is providing the counsel that is covered by attorney client privilege. Um, and as member Wolf explained, they are not required to provide an index of those records. Which they are withholding because of attorney client privilege. I think he said they are required to provide an index. No, uh, no. Member Wolf, you, no. you, you, I think you were referring to the, uh, the index of records, not an in. If you could explain to Mr. Zvernoff yes. the distinction. So, uh, the index of records is a uh, category. It's based on category of the different kinds of records that are being. Uh, uh, Curated by every any any and every department, okay, and it makes it easy for, uh, or it should make it easy for members of the public to be able to, at least narrow down where or what they should be can be asking for, for their interest. That uh, the attorney-client privilege is a completely different animal. Uh, basically, those are are documents that are between the uh, client and the attorney. Uh, the the attorney-client privilege is specifically for the attorney not to disclose any client information without the client's permission. If the client wants to release the information themselves, that's their business. But the attorney has a obligation under attorney-client privilege. Okay, the the client can do whatever they want. So if the police department wants to release that information, and they make that decision, even if it's against. Uh, their attorney's uh, counsel and advice, they can still do it. Um, but if they say no and they don't want to release it, then they don't have to release it. We we can't necessarily, we can only compel them so much. Okay, and that's why the Sunshine Ordinance allows for members of the public to use the judicial system if they are not getting satisfaction out of the ordinance. And it's written in the ordinance doesn't disallow anyone from going to court and trying to have a court try to have, get it released. We don't have that same authority. I'm looking only for 6721C statement to the existence, quantity, form, and nature of records relating to a particular subject. That's all I'm asking for. And I yeah, I understand that. You're at, and you're saying that you never received the statement of the records that you were just a list, or as you say, right? You never see that. List. To the existence, quantity, form, and nature of records relating to a particular client with enough specificity to enable a requester to identify records. And that is concerns not just public records, but also exempt records. Okay. Uh, Madam Chair, I think that narrows down exactly what Mr. Sveranov is asking for. Okay, I'm not now I'm not clear as to whether that was his original request. Uh, because I'm, I haven't, I'm not going back into the beginning of 
of the of the annals of this uh, of this case. I uh, for, this, forgive me, Member Wolf, but I believe he is referring specifically to the documents withheld for attorney-client privilege. Mr. Zverinov, is that correct? You're you're asking for an index of the documents withheld for attorney-client privilege. Is that is that what you're asking? Any for? other that they have withheld for any other reasons? Lieutenant Toomey, has the department withheld records for any other reasons than attorney-client privilege? No. Okay. So all of the re records that have been withheld are covered by attorney-client privilege. The police department has not provided an index of those records, and the task force does not believe they are required to provide an index of the records withheld for attorney-client privilege. Members, are we agreement in agreement on that, or do do either of you hold a different position about their duty to provide an index of records withheld for attorney-client privilege? Sixty-seven. No, no, Mr. Zverinov, I'm asking the I'm asking Member Wolf and Member Wong. Member Wong, if you uh, do, you want to go first. Um, I mean, my understanding is that if it's requested, it's something that should be provided. I'm not sure if there's any specific stipulations around attorney client privilege, though. Um, so I'll let member Wolf speak to that. Yeah, so, you know, I, I understand what Mr. Smirnoff's asking for in 6721 C. It basically feels in, in his uh, reading of it. That the uh, uh, the statement of disclosure or the statement of existence uh, should include uh, whether it's uh, documents that are uh, exempt from disclosure or or not. Okay, um, I, I would I would have to confer with legal counsel based on the constitutional construction of this uh, because the statement doesn't necessarily say that it includes uh, 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 records, whether they're exempt uh, from disclosure or not. It basically says it doesn't matter if there are records that are exempt or disclosure or not, uh, that there should be some statement as to um, the existence of, of any records. So if there are records that are uh, protected or that are being protected, or not released, then uh, the, that's a level of of uh, identification. Okay, uh, I know that he wants to at, he wants to go through the whole list of it. Uh, he wants to know how many there are, uh, the form and the nature of the records. Okay, so if they're being held as confidential, okay, they can be withheld. Uh, there had then the ordinance requires there to be a reason uh, uh, given for the reason why they're being withheld and. It, needs to be cited by law, um, you know, those things are there. The, the, um, the, the thing here is, is again, if the original complaint did not cite 6721C for this particular purpose, then why are we, I'm a little concerned as to why we are discussing it here. And that's, that is I'm asking that question again. Is that part of the original 
uh, complaint? And is it part of the uh, what we found uh, as to be uh, uh, to be the violation? Actually, Member Wolf, you just said something very insightful. Uh, if those, so if the request was filed on a particular date, and if these emails back back and forth between the police department and the city attorney were about fulfilling the request, then they came after. Then they they came into existence after the request was made. Yeah, well, you know the the. Um... So I'm just going back on I'm, now I'm looking into the record. So order of determination, September 7th, 2022. Um, moved by Chair Yankee, second by myself to find that the police department violated 6721 by failing to provide assistance in finding the records. Okay. Didn't necessarily specify about a list. Oh, but there is a list. Statement. There is a list because the, the okay. original public records request from February has a very clear, okay. excuse me, their response was in February. There's a very clear list of what he requested. Uh, okay. and it was in fact, uh, 25 line items, uh, regarding his specific requests. And, and it wasn't just about emails. It was, you know, documents and, uh, okay. any records regarding this, this list. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. There you go. Um. Lieutenant Toomey, I'm going to come back to this because you said that there were emails with that are covered by attorney client privilege and you were the you had said that they were regarding fulfilling the response to this records request. Is that correct? That's my understanding, yes. That is your understanding. Um were they uh did they in uh is it possible that they involved responding to other prior records requests uh good question i don't know uh if they are because they they were not they were not my personal correspondence mm -hmm. um i do not know if those um those correspondents were dealing with other public records requests. I do know that the the request the correspondence with the city attorney regarding uh, this subject uh, specifically were detailing uh, responses to public records requests and no other subject. Okay, uh, Mr. Sparenoff, uh, is the are you hearing what Lieutenant Toomey is saying about that? Is that clear to you that it was that the communications were specifically about uh, comply, uh, uh, responding to your records request and not other subjects. Okay, let's look at what the letter said. The letter mm -hmm. said there are responsive records that are exempt. Responsive records means that they are covered by the timeline of my request. So what you're trying to say is basically that they are not responsive records because they were created after my request. But that's not what their letter says. Their okay. letter says they are responsive records. And I want to tell you one more thing again. 
in my file number 22020 in your agenda specifically cite section 6721c and i urge you to read that section 6721c that says that the custodian shall assist the request and identifying the existence forms and nature of any records whether or not the contents of those records are exempt and shall when requested to do so, which I did provide in writing within seven days following received a request, a statement to the existence, quantity, form, and nature of those records. What I want to tell you that it's been a year and a half, a year and a half. Compare this to seven days, and you should all look at yourselves in shame, okay? You, we're talking about this. After a year and a half talking about whether they should be providing what 6721C requires or not. Okay, this is just completely shameful that a year and a half we're talking about something that they should have done in seven days. And again, keep in mind, you're now trying by speculation, by all kinds of wishy-washy arguments, to say that these records are now not in the even in the time frame when the police department it's said these are responsive records to your request and we are exempting them and now you want to add to this another argument and okay. say oh, Mr. Sverinov Mr. Sverinov I am looking back at your... on hold you. on okay shame listen. on you actually you know oh, no, no, hold on hold on listen I'm 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 not I'm not taking offense at this. I am proceeding methodically. I'm looking at the complaint again. And sorry, but go ahead, Member Wolf. I just want to say that, you know, I remember when the motion was made and what was discussed at that time. The the section of this particular part of the of the ordinance was not part of what was necessarily discussed. What was more focused on was the very last sentence of 6721C was about providing assistance. Okay. Mm -hmm. It wasn't necessarily about the 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 statement of existence. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now you may you may want to say that I'm splitting hairs on it, but that's exactly what was of discussion there. It wasn't that there was a specificity of a uh, of the uh, statement of existence of and there should be a production and that's the way I recall it now you're right this has taken a long very long time uh, to get here and what again what is helpful is if we can identify which records you are not receiving and if you have a specific records that you are not receiving then it, it makes our job a whole lot easier to then say, okay, do they exist or don't they exist? So, member, we, if, member Wolf, if you go so in in the file on uh, page it's seven of the PDF, although it says or fifteen at the bottom, and uh, Mr. Sparenoff details what he received yep. on November twenty second, and there was reference to responsive records, but without disclosure. And then uh, yes, I see it. And so, so you know, there are details here. Um, That's why I'm only asking what is still outstanding. Right. Well, Lieutenant Sumi is telling us that what is outstanding at this point is communications with the city's attorney's office about uh, 
how to respond to records requests from Mr. Zverinov. And Mr. Zverinov, you know, it, it made the point that uh, if they told him that things were being withheld in their response that, you know, these, these, at least in their minds, these were part of their, their search and, you know, we'll, we'll take it at that. But we're, what we're hearing from Lieutenant Toomey is that the reason these are being withheld is because they're covered by attorney client privilege. Um, I, I think member Wong made an interesting point uh, regarding, you know, maybe, you know, uh, when requested to do, to do so, provided in writing within seven days following receipt of request, a statement to the existence, quantity, form, and nature of requests related to a particular subject or questions. And it doesn't, it, it says even whether or not the contents of those records are exempt from disclosure. Um, we can make this, re I mean, we, well, I, Madam Chair, let me, let me yes. just, I just want to, before you go, before you say that, I just wanted to say under 6721C, it's not asking for disclosure of those records. No, it's All not it's asking, asking for disclosure. For is just the, it's just asking for, do they exist? Yep. How many are there? And what's the, what is the form and nature of it? So in this, in this state, it could be, yes, there are uh, these records. There are like five of them or 10 of them or 50 of them, and they are, uh, are they are confidential and they're not being uh, disclosed uh, based upon and citation, whatever evidence code or whatever. Okay. And that's all that Mr. Svernoff is asking for. Okay. Because, because the respondent had testified and had told them that there were uh, uh, documents being withheld under attorney-client privilege. So, Lieutenant Toomey, at this point, we know what is being held. We know that it's emails being withheld. We know that the nature of them is that they're communications with the city attorney's office regarding uh, responding to records requests from Mr. Svarinoff. Could you provide us a number of emails that are being withheld under this exemption. If bear with me one moment, I can try to see if I can get you the number of. Okay, thank you. Madam Chair, while we're waiting, yes. I just uh, need to notify you. I have a hard stop at seven o'clock. Oh no. Okay. <laughs> two. Two emails. Two emails yep. with regard. Two emails on uh, regarding the request. We're talking about file number two two zero one four. Two emails between the police department and the city attorney's office are being held under city attorney client privilege and the nature of the discussion of, the, of those is responding to public records requests. That's correct. Okay. Uh, could we have you put this in writing in an email to Mr. Zvernov? 
I I miss I, I misspoke. It's two total emails, one to one from. So okay. I hope that I just That's, I wanted to yeah. I just wanted to make that clear. Okay. Um, could we have you? Uh, it, could we have you uh, detail this in an e email to Mr. Zvarinov so he, that he has it for his record that the police department is withholding two responsive records. One, a communication from the police department to the city attorney's office. One, a communication from the city attorney's office to the police department. Both are emails, and they're being withheld under attorney-client privilege. Because the, and the, the the nature of the discussion is, or the nature of the discussion is a, uh, about responding to Mr. Sveranov's records request. Uh, sure. Okay. Mr. Sveranov. Yeah. Can I, I think. Speak? Yes, I think this is as far as we get with this. But please. Well, uh, yes. obviously yes, but. If, given that what you're doing is you're providing advice and guidance to the police department how to respond. Shame on you. This is not your job to provide advice and guidance to the police departments. Yet you, you want us to, Mr. you are. Okay. You Mr. want us Sharanoff? to compel and order them to do things? That's what we're doing. That's what we're doing. And do, would you like to know why I asked him to put it in writing? I know why, I asked, because you're a racist. I'm racist. Okay. Um, Mr. Zernoff, I understand your frustration, and I'm not taking what you're saying personally, because I know you're frustrated with the process. And I, uh, we, are, we, we are trying to help. Are you a but psychologist? I understand that you're frustrated. Are you a what? psychologist? No. I'm all How I'm can you detect my mental, mental condition? It's not your qualification. Okay, you're right. You know what? You're absolutely right. But my qualification is I'm trying to get documentation for you so that you, because it seems as though you are, we have uh, evidence that you are making many requests of the police department and other agencies. And what I'm trying to do is make sure that you have documentation of this. Obviously, this meeting is recorded, but I thought it would be helpful for you to have an email record that documents what we've just discussed, and that is why I asked the police department to document that for you. You're dictating and providing guidance as to how department of police, police department should respond to no, my. I am Mr. Zvernoff. I am. That's I am trying. A shameful Mr. behavior. Okay, Mr. Zvernoff, I am trying to help you. That I'm just going to say it again. I'm trying to help you because you come to us asking for specific things. And I want to make sure that you are getting those specific things. That is what I'm trying to provide because what I don't want to happen is for somebody to send you an email again and you that you don't receive it. That's why I'm spending so much time with you working on this. And I'm and that's all I'm trying to do. Uh, members, could we have I, I, I think at this point we have agreement from Lieutenant Toomey to send that email. Um, perhaps we are not ready to close this because we want to make sure that that email gets sent. Uh, Lieutenant Toomey, since there's nothing sensitive in that, if you could please CC Ms. Leger at SOTF at SFGov.org, and we can confirm that that email is sent to Mr. Zvernoff, that would be very helpful. Uh, members, how would you like to proceed? Uh, 
Yes, it's number one. I think once we have confirmation on receipt of that email, that it would make sense at this point to close the file. Well, if you give me about a minute, I can probably try to get this email out, to, out and you can close it right now. Okay, let's do that. I'm not a very uh, good. While Lieutenant Toomey is uh, taking care of that, uh, Member Wong, would you like to uh, make a motion? Um, and we'll and we can uh, if you'd like to start making a motion, and we can see where we uh, go from there. We will be taking public comment on any motions. Okay. Um... I'm trying to recall exactly what we typically say and in terms of what is Mr. Uh, Young on the line. Uh, yes, he is. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Young, um, I know you've guided, uh, provided guidance on this before when we're closing a case, uh, what is the appropriate language that we should use for that? That also allows reopening should additional information become available. Uh, that last part, I'm not too familiar with, but usually it would be to find that the department has complied with the order of determination and the matter be closed. Uh, in terms of reopening, uh, we usually don't put in a provision for that. Right, we don't put in a provision, but it's in our. Uh, is it in our? It's in our bylaws that there's a mechanism for. Uh, that. There is a mechanism that if new information comes up that has not yet been provided, that would change the action of the task force. We do have a provision for the petitioner to request that the matter be reopened. But it has to be new re information. Reconsideration, and it's yes. done within sixty days. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I think uh, I then will. The formulation of the motion will likely be then just to say that the. Uh, police department, San Francisco police department has complied with the order of determination and that the matter be closed. Okay, uh, Ms. Leger, have you, we received an email? Oh, still typing. Hold on. Uh, the records are. Um, uh, we can go ahead and open up public comment while we're oh, waiting for that. We, to come through. Uh, I, I don't have access to my email on this computer. I can check myself. Okay, okay great. Thank you. I, I uh, oh, actually need to make a quick correction in our, uh, mm -hmm. it's in our, uh, complaint, um, procedure. Under, uh, article E1, it's actually, um, uh, 30 days for reconsideration. Thank you. Okay, while we're waiting for that, would you like to go through the public comment? Um, so we don't have a second on it yet, and I think uh, the uh, member Wong is the motion is the motion contingent on confirmation that this email has been sent. Yeah, I would say so. I, I think that would indicate. I need to give a file two two zero one four sent. It's sending. Okay. Mr. Young, if you can just confirm. I do see it. I have it. 
Uh, I have an email from uh, Lieutenant William Toomey. Um, further order of the Sunshine Arms Task Force Plan regarding file TT014. Uh, I do have an email. Um, have, if it's um, short enough, could you read it into the record? Yes. I do have a CC to S-E-R-O-L-G-A at yahoo.com. Uh, per the order of the Sunshine Ordinance Task Force Compliance and Amendments Committee regarding file 22014, the committee requested that I advise you that we are withholding two responsive records between the police department and the office of the city attorney regarding your public records request. The records are protected as attorney and client privilege and consists of email communication one to the city attorney from the police department and one from the city attorney to the police department. Okay, thank you. Uh, Member Wong, if you'd like to make your motion, I, I think um, that would be appropriate at this time. Okay. Um, yes, I will make the motion as stated earlier. Um, are you concluding and the matter is now closed? Uh, to find that the department has complied with the order of determination and the matter be closed. Matters. And do we have a second? Second. Okay, I uh, would like to open this up for public comment. Uh, any members of the public wishing to make comment on this motion? Uh, if you're in the room, please step up to the podium. If you are online or uh, on the phone, uh, please um, signal to member young that you would like to make comment on this motion. Yes, you can uh, use the application WebEx application to raise your hand. Okay, I do not see any hands raised for this matter. Okay, uh, Ms. Lejay, please call the vote. Member Wong? Aye. Member Wong, aye. Member Wolf? Aye. Member Wolf, aye. Chair LaHood? Aye. Chair LaHood, aye. Moved by Member Wong, seconded by Member Wolf to find that the police department has complied with the order of determination and the matter is now closed. Okay, thank you. Um, please call the next item. Item number five, file number 22020, complaint filed by Sergei Zverinov against the police department for allegedly violating administrative code section 6721C as in CAT by failing to respond to a public records request in a timely and or complete manner. On June 7, 2023, the task force moved that there is a violation of administrative code section 6721B for not responding in a timely manner or within 10 days and to forward the matter to the Compliance and Amendments Committee and request that the police department provide copies of documents provided to Mr. Sparanov and list other categories of responsive documents that they may have under its jurisdiction and to provide as a follow-up process in order that they turn over the body camera footage within two weeks. Okay, um, it seems looking at this that uh, because these two file cases were so close, I think some of our discussion uh, has crisscrossed here because, uh, well, actually, I'd like to hear from Mr. Svarinov first. And Mr. Svarinov, as with the, the previous uh, file, I'd like to give you a chance to talk about anything specifically related to this complaint 
that has not yet been satisfied. I think we dealt with the body camera footage unless this is different body camera footage that we're referring to in this case. Can you tell us, is there any material that was part of this request for 22020 that you have not yet received that uh, according to our order of determination from June 7th? Well, the order of determination said that uh, SFPD should provide copies of all documents provided to Mr. Serenov and list other categories of responsive documents that they may have under their jurisdiction and uh, to provide a, as a follow-up process. And none of that has been done. So basically okay. nothing has been done except for the uh, footage which has been turned over in Basically, if we're referring to the footage that was done to referred uh, that been referred to today, uh, it's 20 days since that um, uh, hearing. So, uh, but uh, neither copies of all documents were uh, provided, nor list of other categories of responsive documents have been provided. And uh, I understand that the SFPD has failed to uh, comply with the motion and decision by full task force on September 7th. Okay, uh, Lieutenant Toomey. Yep. Can you explain to me um, why um, can you can you tell me why uh, Mr. Sparanoff has not received um, a listing of the responsive records that he requested uh, in file two two zero two zero? It was my understanding during that, and it might have been through miscommunications that the request in the listing was uh, requested to be provided to the task force committee, and not and then would be addressed at the committee amongst both parties. So we responded on the 21st of June and provided the listing to the task force, not to uh, the complainant. So maybe that the motion, reading the motion, it, it was my understanding that you as a body were asking for the listing, not to produce that listing to the complainant. I see, and uh, Ms. Leger, uh, what did you receive uh, from Lieutenant Toomey? Um, if I had received something from him, I would have forwarded it to Mr. Zverinov. Let me check the, um, last, last Friday, as you know, I uploaded the agenda yes. and the last day to provide documentation would have been that Thursday before. So is that the 25th? Uh, the Thursday before was the 22nd, 22nd. Okay. Uh, everyone, thank you for your patience. Just give us a moment, please. Unfortunately, um, is this something that Victor uh, would be able to see? Does he have visibility on that account? Um, if you can describe it to me, I can. Take a look. 
Madam Chair. Uh, it was sent on the 21st of June at 11.02 a.m. Uh, while Mr. Young is looking for that, uh, I recognize Member Wolf. So for file 22020, which we're on, mm -hmm. I'm looking on the task force uh, minutes for June 7th. The action states that the task force requests that the police department provide copies of documents provided uh, to Mr. Severinoff and lists other categories of responsive documents that they may have under jurisdiction and to provide as a follow-up process an order that they turn over the body camera footage within two weeks. Oh, and guess what? I found it. It is in uh, the record. It's page 81. Um, so Ms. Leger did include it. Uh, page 81 uh, and at the bottom of the page, it's 345. So, Mr. Zvernhoff, um, I, when you're looking at the agenda and for, for item number five, file number 22020, when you click on the attachments, if you go to, and I'm, I'm not sure how it'll appear uh, on your computer, but when I'm looking at the PDF, starting at page 81, or if you look at the bottom of the page, it says number 345. That is the first page of this letter that uh, was submitted that gives this uh, the list with an explanation of what each document is, each responsive document. And this was provided, this was sent by Lieutenant Toomey. Uh, June 21st. On June 21st. So what page was that? Um, so it's page 80 because it's page 81 of the PDF. So at the top, it says city and county of San Francisco police department headquarters. The date on this uh, document is June 21st. And it says, dear sunshine ordinance task force. And it's a 2 page. Uh, I take the back 3 page letter. Signed by Lieutenant Toomey. Members, are you also finding this? Well, uh, on page 55, I see, uh, um, I see a letter from SFPD dated May 12, 2023. So keep going to page, so it's page 81 of the PDF. At the bottom of the page, you'll also see it stamped 345, and that's because if you compile together all of the packets that are part of the agenda, you know, it's further into the packet, but because we break them up into PDFs, the PDF for with attachments for item five, if you go to page 81. Well, um, on page 81, that's. If you're looking at the top at the, Madam chair at the top, it said it should say 81. Uh, forward slash 140. Yes. So, Ms. Uh, Mr. Zverinov, if you're looking at the, the actual, right. So if you're looking at the uh, near your scroll bar, if it tells you, you know, which page you're on, it's 81 of 140. But if you're looking at the page numbers at the, on the bottoms of the pages, 
It's page three, four, five. I have only 168 pages. Okay, so um, when you go back to the, the agenda, we're looking at item number five, file number 22020. When you click on the attachments link on that specific file, it should come up as uh, there's a string of letters and numbers and at the end of the URL, it says item5.pdf. This particular PDF only has 140 pages. The first page of this PDF at the bottom is numbered 265. If you're looking at a PDF that at the bottom of each page has numbers that are lower than 265, I think you might be looking at the wrong PDF. I don't have uh, beyond the six five. Uh, I'm looking at the. So in the UR in the URL, what are what are the last um, at the end of the URL before PDF? What does it say in your URL? At the very end, it says eight, item five. Okay, good, good, good. So if we scroll down on on this, so if you're at the top of the PDF, the first page at the bottom. At the bottom of the page says 265. Do you see that? Uh, well, the very first page for me is 266 at the bottom. Okay, uh, yeah, at least you've got that. If you scroll down, or if you if you scroll down, six five. I have two six okay. five. Yes. Okay. If you scroll down to three four five, which I know is a ways down, three four five. The letter from Lieutenant Toomey sent on June twenty first begins with the page number of, at the bottom of the page three four five. Well, so one of the things it says that they have not provided the CADs. They say advice how to contact uh, Department DM, which I presume stands for Department of Emergency Management. Yes, the task force has instructed Lieutenant Tumi to provide those CADs, to provide those records. And uh, uh, their uh, uh, statements here just say that they're not uh refusing to provide those records on the ones that are on listed on page three or three four five under roman one and two so uh, that, then it says not a party to the criminal record thus not authorized to have the report again there is a uh uh there are no records released so we, I, and Member Wolf, I believe you pointed this out, in our order of determination, we requested that this uh, list be provided. Is, is that correct? 
Yes, it's in the okay. it's actually in the description on the agenda. It's correct. Yep. Okay. That um, that a uh, a list of other categories of responsive documents that they may have under jurisdiction. Mm-hmm. And there's a follow up process that they turn over the camera footage. It doesn't. Uh, the only thing it says above that is. Um, that a request the SFPD provide copies of documents provided to Mr. Serrano. Well, but okay. that's up to the compliance committee to consider whether the fact that they refuse to provide uh, CAD uh, number 21265-2614 and 21265-2543, that, whether this is a violation. That's a public record in the custody. They, they it's actually- That's not what the order was. Okay, hold on, hold on. Let's I actually I think it'd be helpful. Can we can we go item by item just to be just so we're not missing anything? Because I know I know Mr. Svernov, you're so much more familiar with these things that you can jump to one and you immediately know what it is. Are we satisfied with so items one through four are addressed in the December 19th letter, which they refer to at the bottom where they released uh, several hundred pages of documents to you. So we understand this part, yes? Satisfied with what they say, say explanation at the end of document. I haven't gotten to the end of the document. Okay. It says, it says, so it says December 19th, 2022 letter in in an attempt to exhaust all reasonable attempts to locate documents regarding the complaint. SFPD conducted an arduous keyword search of the names provided and produced 607 pages of email documents on December 19th, 2022. An individual's person name could be retained in the following documents uh, during the regular course and scope of police work. And it is in these documents that we can make a reasonable attempt to now. I'm, uh... Well, first of all, yes. this is something that just comes up. I think this is just completely wrong procedure to make me read this document during the session and make me provide a response on the fly. I have to check whether I have the 607 pages. Okay, asking me to do it on the fly, whereas the, where the committee is uh, uh, meeting is patently unreasonable. They so, have avoided this thing without me knowing that, without any of you knowing that this thing has been provided. None of you knew that this has been provided. I didn't know about this provided. No notice of this has been provided to us. Neither you nor me. Asking to do this on the fly is completely wrong. I will want to go and check whether I have 607 pages. I'm not going to take it on face because I uh, want to really check this records. Okay, I'm going to ask uh, Lieutenant Toomey. Thank you for providing this, uh, which is what we requested. Um, regarding, uh, actually, do you, uh, if you'd like to open with any comments on what was provided here and why in certain cases, if you could explain a little bit about uh, the CAD numbers and advised how to contact sure. EEM, and then the one where it says not party to the criminal record, not th- thus authorized. If you could explain a little bit about those, that would be helpful. Certainly. Uh, the CAD numbers, the first two CAD numbers that are listed are CAD numbers that were uh, entered by the complainant into the system. They were identified as CAD numbers, and then they were he was given the uh, information on how to contact DEM. There was one CAD number and item number 19. Mm-hmm. CAD number and item number 19 was actually the file number that we just completed here 
Uh, and that was the one that we were ordered to go and actually retrieve the CAD itself from DEM. And we did that, and we contacted DEM, went and then redacted the information and went outside the normal course of business, which would be to direct the individual to the custodian of records, because we were ordered by the compliance committee to do so, or the I don't believe it was, I don't know if it was the compliance committee or the whole task force. It was the whole task force. And so right. that was for the body-worn cameras, number 19. No, no. To those. no. No, number 19 was actually the one I got confused. Number 19 was the last file number where we were ordered to provide a CAD. Yes. And so we went and obtained a copy of the CAD from DEM and with them went through the redaction process they guided us through what was supposed to be redacted because we don't normally produce CAD. And we produced CAD um, for uh, the December 7th uh, order on December 19th. Um, so the first two CADs that are in uh, number A section, or excuse me, number six, section A, little i, and uh, two little i there, those two CAD numbers, we were never asked to go above and beyond. We recognized that they were CAD numbers and we provided the complainant with the contact to DEM so that they uh, could get that information themselves. That was the last we heard of those two CAD numbers. So that can kind of address the CAD number issue with regards to those two. Uh, the case number uh, starting with 050, um, if it's an online request and we cannot connect the individual to the criminal case number, uh, we cannot release that because they're not a party to that police report and that criminal uh, that criminal record. Uh, and he was advised to provide a release or show some type of connection to it so that we could release it. That was an automated response that was provided to him. Uh, you can then see that uh, one, two, three, four, five, and then a second time, uh, six, seven, eight, nine other police reports were requested and were produced to him. Uh, and then that final one was, again, uh, we could not link uh, the requester to the actual police report, so uh, we weren't able to discover that, but we did give them the follow-up information that would allow him to uh, be able to get access to it if he could show that he had um, a right to it as a, with regards to the criminal investigation of it. Um, with regards to number seven, there are no investigative files outside of the basic police reports, so we did not have any investigative reports. Number eight uh, is no responsive records. Uh, nine and 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, uh, we have uh, a right to maintain privacy of other individuals and their criminal history, so we cannot provide criminal histories of individuals that are not them. We're prevented from releasing that. Uh, that was described and advised to the complainant on the 16th of February, 2022. Uh, again, calls for service. There was a, a, a request and we directed again to DEM to provide calls for service. Um, that I remember that request, number 17's request was worded, phone or other calls involved or related to the said four individuals. We interpreted it calls to be calls for service, uh, but we did note that we don't have any responsive records regarding internal calls regarding those four individuals. So um, even though we interpreted it as DEM and 
let them know how to go into DEM. We have no responsive records with regards to any internal calls or records uh, regarding that. Uh, 18, again, was CAD files request, and that's a DEM document, and we provided him how to get hold of the uh, DEM. Number 19 was the order from the task force to provide that specific CAD number, which we did. Uh, number 20 um, is body-worn camera footage, which was provided on June 9th and June 27th, today. Um, 21 through 23 were, again, uh, no responsive documents. Uh, they were looking for calls for service and CAD information, I believe, so it was to DEM. 24 was uh, no responsive documents. And then 25 was a odd request with regards to interactions at the San Francisco International Airport. And all documents are actually uh, handled by San Mateo County. And we provided uh, information on how to get information through the county's Hall of Justice there in San Mateo. Uh, lastly, uh, again, we can easily and regularly uh, search for police reports, investigative files, body-worn camera footage. Uh, the, uh, the search of keywords for uh, email was actually an arduous search that asked our technology department to take time out of the uh, scope to pull uh, the 607 pages and then having to review those pages to ensure that there was nothing connected to them uh, that needed to be redacted. So uh, to say that we've done our due diligence to uh, review all possible searchable documents, I hope that the task force, or at least the committee here, can see that we've tried to do our best to categorize what we've been able to do and accomplish um, and hopefully answered your questions. Um, thank you. This is a very thorough, detailed response. I just want to uh, verify, and I, I believe you've told us before, but the, when you were, were referring uh, this petitioner and others to Department of Emergency Management, it is because they maintain those files and the police department does not maintain those files. Is that correct? That is correct. Okay. And regarding the um, items where uh, criminal history requests, uh, if that that must be requested either by the individual or the individual must have a um, uh, um, authorization from the person who is named in the uh, whose criminal history is being requested. Is that correct? That's correct. Okay, members, do you have any questions or uh, thoughts about this at the uh, about this response? None for me. Same here. None for me. Uh, members, are you satisfied with this response? Um, I believe so. It seems to meet the order of determination that we had, especially given that the body worn camera footage was provided um, as related to the last file. Okay, uh, Mr. Zvernoff. Yeah. Um, I'm 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 sorry that you didn't see this uh, letter before because I know it would have been helpful to you to have been able to review it before. It was contained in the packet, but believe me, I understand how difficult it is, just because of the volume of documents contained. We do our best, and uh, our administrator 
really strives to put things in order so it's so it's clear uh, to everyone, you know, what when uh, what is what is added later on. Um, but having gone through this, do you and I know ideally you wanted to receive all of this from the police department, but do you understand what you would need to do to make these requests to Department of Emergency Management to get the records that they maintain? Okay, it's very difficult to do it on the fly during the live session to listen yeah. to presentations and be able to respond. But here's one thing I can say. Okay. As far as items 19 through mm -hmm. 16, Mm -hmm. The key word in there is considered criminal history request, and that's the task force has deliberate deliberated and has reprimanded the Department of Police Accountability as artificially narrowing down the request. I did not make a request for criminal history. It's the Department of yes. SFPD decided that there's a request for criminal history. I specifically said all the records concerning myself and members of the, my family. I never mentioned that these are requests for criminal history, but in order to thwart my request, they said they will consider it. They, and in the same thing they did in 17, they interpreted this. That is something they're not allowed to do. They cannot consider a request that that seeks all records about an individual by saying that they consider this just to be a request for the criminal record. And that is something that the, one of the uh, points that came up in the previous sessions of the task force, and the task force said that they have no right to do it, yet they're doing it repeatedly, thumbing their nose at the Sunshine Ordinance and at the task force. The key was here, considered, 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 considered. They are not. Please go back to my request and analyze it, and you will see that this is not a request for criminal history. And they have decided by narrowing down it in this way, they decided they don't have to respond to it. Let me ask Lieutenant um, Toomey, other than, sure. um, so other than criminal history or calls for service, what other categories of records uh, might the police department uh, maintain that would be responsive to uh, um, the line items 10 through 17? If uh, Well, Mike, yeah. my response to that would be that he's asking for records of arrests and detentions. Mm -hmm. I, I, I would arrest and detentions are by their nature, their criminal history. It would, I, I, I don't, I don't know how how else to interpret records regarding their arrest other than that is attached to their criminal history. If we gave some type of information with regards to how or when somebody was arrested, uh, that would be providing the history of their their of their criminal activity. So, I. I I, I don't think we have it. I don't think we have any other. Oh, okay. No, all records, all records without narrowing down. Okay, but the, the line items from detentions of arrest of with a number of different names, I, I don't know how else to interpret those other than when they're asking for a records of a detention or records of an arrest. Um, those are 
in of their nature records of their criminal history. Actually, uh, Mr. Zvernoff, I am going back to your original request and um, in this uh, and and I understand that the terms that the police department uses are not the necessarily the terms that you would use or that members of the public would use. So, you know, calling this criminal history, but I'm looking at the line items of what you requested and line item 9 is says detentions of uh, Sergei Zvernoff. Number 10 is arrests of Sergei Zvernoff. Number 11 is detentions and on and on and those items 9 through 16 all begin with requests for information about either detentions or arrests. Now, again, you and other members of the public might not consider those part of a criminal history, but that's the categorization that the police department uses for how they maintain records related to those events. For number seven, does not protect detention records from disclosure. This is I mean, number one. That again. Says member one, please. Um, just to double check because I thought that um, Lieutenant Jimmy, you had said that if a person can prove that they are related to the criminal history record or they are that person, that they can. They can access that information. Is that correct? Yes. And with regards to this individual and his request, we provided him a letter on March 17th showing him how he can get the information with regards to his criminal history maintained by the San Francisco Police Department, which is referred to as a San Francisco clearance letter. And so we provided him the manner in which he can get that letter for himself. Okay. Um, and is that letter, does it happen to be in the packet? Do you know? I've actually, I don't have a uh, knowledge as to what that letter looks like. Uh, it's a, if I'm not mistaken, the clearance letter is actually produced by uh, the San Francisco courts, but I can confirm that. I'm looking, not looking for a clearance letter. I'm looking for department, San Francisco Police Department records. I, and I think this is what, what is being done is just thumbing the nose at Sunshine Ordinance and at the task force and making me go to other entities and other departments. I'm not going to do it. I demand the records held Mr. by the police department. May I, may I? Yes. May I? Mm -hmm. I, I? There are no other documents in the San Francisco Police Department's possession that contain this individual's name or the three other names that we have access, free and open access to that we have not provided to him or given him direction on how to get yes. with the exception with the exception of two emails that we have already stated we are exerting our attorney client privilege with so mr zvernoff when actually there's a distinction here between these records where you need to get that clearance i uh the, the task force and other individuals cannot get access to these records because they involve you or they involve you know, what is called criminal history of these other individuals. That actually is protected. It has a clear definition of criminal history. It's convictions and sentences. All the, this is in the California Criminal Code. Other things are just 
just completely spontaneous interpretation of that racist to me and since are in the custody of police department I should be disclosed when he says they sure. went out and got uh, the... Hold on, Mr. Spiranov, I need you to hold on for a second. Uh, Member Wolf has a question. Member, uh, I just want I just want to um, refer you to 6721C, the last sentence, and I quote: "A custodian of any public record, when not in possession of the record requested, shall assist the requester in directing." Uh, a request to the proper office or staff person, unquote. It's exactly what they did. Yeah, I mean, I, I exactly. I, Mr. Spernoff, I know you want these documents from the police department. I know you want them from the, the person you originally requested them from. Because they're not able to satisfy that, they're trying to point you to the specific places where you can get access to these records. She said that records are criminal records. They are not. There is no crime committed during detention. There are not parts of the criminal history. The state law defines what criminal history is, and it's uh, the sentencing, convictions, and post-conviction uh, results. These are things about the San Francisco Police Department arresting or uh, uh, or uh, detaining somebody. There may not be any crime committed at all. So uh, they are interpreting this in a way that one day they want to interpret. I want the records that they have on arrest and detention, and not only this, all other requests, all other records. And my letter says, Chair, I can I call for decorum, please? I, yes. I like this, yes. Is, this, this is disorderly conduct. We have not asked Mr. Severinoff any questions, and we need to carry on with this hearing. Thank you. Um, I'm going to, uh, yeah. Um, Lieutenant Toomey, I just want to verify again for the record, as far as the police department is concerned, information regarding detests, excuse me, arrests and detentions is maintained as part of what you call a criminal record. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. Um, thank you. Uh, whether they are Mr. Mr. Zvernov, Mr. Zvernov, I'm not records. asking for your comments at this moment. If you could just please wait. I'm just trying to get clarification. We're trying to understand what these terms mean. You may not like what the terms mean, but if if we can get clarity on if we can get some clarity on definitions and terms, it will make it easier for you to access the records that you're looking for. That's all we're trying to do at this time. These terms are defined in state law, not by Lieutenant Toomey. Whether he decides to define it is completely okay. irrelevant. It's defined by the it's, state law. Mr. Um, in fact, I can read you something because I was looking this up. Uh, and in fact, according to state law, uh, arrest, detention, disposition, and personal identification information when submitted to, I mean, there's, there, there is information that I found very quickly online that supports what Lieutenant Toomey said. So I don't have any reason to, uh, um. They are not exempt from disclosure. They are not exempt from disclosure. Yeah, but, uh, Mr. Zvernoff, I, I, I need you I to Madam, take a moment. Chair, Madam Chair, yes. please. 
at just a point mm -hmm. of order, we are not necessarily authorized to be able to, to make a determination on that layer of law. Mm -hmm. Okay, that is something that I would want confirmation from our legal counsel. I would agree. Okay? I'm not a lawyer. I, I don't know how that, how those documents or records are handled because they are controlled by not the Sunshine Ordinance. They're controlled by some other section of law. So I feel really uncomfortable about trying us trying to make a determination of the nature and status of that kind of record. Uh, what uh, member Wolf, what would you propose then even and I would like to acknowledge that Lieutenant Toomey uh, responded to what we requested, uh, responded to our request to provide this list. Um, if you think that we need uh, additional guidance from uh, our attorney on whether, um, if you think we need additional guidance before um, uh, closing this out, um, I, I think we should discuss that. Is that is that what you're proposing? I, well, you know, it's it's it can be one of two things or both. One is Yes, continue the items so we can uh, get um, uh, clarity from our legal counsel, which I think is is uh, pertinent. And the second is really, it's up to the respondent to tell us, you know, what is what those records, if they're being exempt or if they're being withheld, under what section of law that is. Okay. If there is, if the if the petitioner, the complainant, is going to cite some law saying that these records should be disclosed because of of this particular law, it has to be within our jurisdiction. If it's not within our jurisdiction, or if it's not plain, painfully clear with some other. You know, like we deal, we've dealt with this stuff with HIPAA, with health records, mm -hmm. and we've had to get confirmation from other departments as to whether those records are actually uh, disclosable or not. But it's not up to us. We, HIPAA is not our jurisdiction. So, you know, we have to seek other, other confirmation about other areas of law. And I don't feel comfortable uh, doing that. That's why we have jurisdiction uh, hearings. Okay, so if I, I would again, my, my suggestion is, is that we continue this if it's in in the, if it's in the interest of this body, I would say, continue the item. Let's engage legal counsel on the, you know, uh, the veracity of the, of the nature of this particular category of record as to whether it is uh, public or not. And it, whether it's within our jurisdiction to order it to be uh, or have it compelled to be disclosed. Okay. Uh, if we're continuing this, I would like to limit it to just that seeking advice from legal counsel on this set of items regarding uh, what has been categorized as criminal history. Uh, which requires a release of the individual uh, 
that that it needs to either be requested by the individual involved or uh, um, chair. Yes, Lieutenant Tuber. Chair, if yes. I may. Mm -hmm. The reason why we responded with that and not, we don't have anything regarding those individuals. We can't direct that gentleman though to get a clearance letter for those individuals because he is not those individuals. So our standard response when somebody asks for criminal history of somebody that it's not them and is not authorized to them is to let them know that we determine that as a request for criminal history that we cannot give them. So I'm comfortable telling you, we don't have any documents for those individuals, but I can't direct that gentleman to get a clearance letter and obtain a clearance letter for those individuals because we don't know who he is in relation to them. We do know who he is based on his name and we directed him to get his own clearance letter. So the, the, the idea of, and I understand wanting some clarity, we're not withholding anything. There's nothing we're withholding from him. So are you we're saying just telling him we don't have anything from like I'm just we just we're prevented to release anything even if we had it, but we don't have any. So there are no responsive records. None. None. has completely gone out of the rails. He just lying that they're not withholding. Three minutes ago, nope, he said we're, they were withholding. Mr. Zvernoff, nope, hang on, hang nope. on. I'm, we're trying to get some clarity here. Lieutenant Kimmy, um, you. I just want to let you know I did. Uh, uh, Conduct a meeting. I did mute. Uh, please let me know when you want me to unmute as interruptions are not allowed without. Um, my apologies. I don't know what words to say, but Mr. Sarah is muted. Please let me know when to unmute him. Okay, uh, uh, Lieutenant Toomey, you're saying line items 11 through 16. There are no responsive records, but if there were. It would require a release. By the individual named. Or some, is that what you're saying? Correct. Okay. For items nine and 10, are there responsive, I guess? We could, we could produce a record, which is referred to as a clearance record for the individual if okay. he requested one. And we provided him the information on how to obtain one of those. And so he would obtain a clearance record and then come back to the police department and then you would release those records to him. No, no, he would, he, the clearance letter is the record that we can produce for him. He, he, if he wants to know what his criminal history is in the city and county of San Francisco, he goes and requests a clearance letter and we gave him the instructions on how to do that. It is a, that is a record that has to be produced. We don't maintain it. We create it upon their request. Okay. And it's we called can't, it's called a clearance letter. We cannot direct him to get clearance letters for other individuals without their, it, you can't do it for somebody else unless you have authorization from that somebody else. And when you say a clearance letter, is a clearance letter what something that describes the existence or lack of criminal history records with your jurisdiction? Within the city and county of San Francisco, a state uh, criminal history, because we, 
the way government works, we do not maintain the state criminal history. That would be the California Department of Justice. And we do not maintain the federal criminal history. That's the uh, purview of the Federal Bureau of Investigation. So we can control and maintain the criminal history record of somebody for the city and county of San Francisco. And when you say criminal history record or a clearance letter, anyone yep. can request a clearance letter even if there is no evidence of criminal history within the city of San Francisco. Is that correct? Anyone can request their own. Their own clearance letter. Okay. Correct. Okay. So the, the, um, after all of that and, and, and through this lengthy list here, again, the only documents that we are withholding from this individual has been referenced multiple times is the correspondence between the city attorney's office and the police department, which we addressed in the last file. That's it. Okay. And the only way for him to receive his own clearance letters is by following the instructions that you gave to him. That's correct. And requesting clearance letters for these other individuals would return a letter saying there is no criminal history for this individual. Correct. Okay. Members, knowing that, even though there are additional technical questions that we could ask of our city attorney, since it doesn't seem to apply to records that, that, that it would not result in the production of any records, how do you want to proceed? So let me let me just get clarification. If somebody requests their own criminal history records, they go to the police department. Police department will provide them with a a letter or notice clearance so they can get that uh, they can get their records. Where do they then go to get those records? So the. Clearance letter would say that you have no arrests or have a any uh, have not been arrested or convicted in the city and county of San Francisco to obtain your uh, state criminal history record. You would go to the Department of Justice and and request that you get a copy of that, or you would have to contact the Federal Bureau of Investigation if you want your uh, federal criminal history. If, um, but, if, if, but if there was criminal history, I mean, what is the purpose of the clearance to see that you don't have a criminal history? That's correct. Okay. Okay. So, but if there was criminal history, then what? Well, I would say that in this city and county of San Francisco, you would, you could probably contact the Superior Court of San Francisco to get the court filings for your. Um, or you would contact the sheriff's department that runs the court calendar and does the um, okay. calendaring of criminal charges that are brought against somebody. Or if a member of the San Francisco Police Department had arrested you, you could you could request the police report that lists you as being the individual uh, arrested or detained. Okay, thank you. Okay, um, 
I, uh, members, I want to ask if you have any other thoughts. I do want to bring Mr. Spernoff back because we just got, uh, we, we've received a lot of information and I, um, I, I want to hear from him, but do you have any additional thoughts about how we would proceed given this new information? I guess my question is at this point, would you feel comfortable? Uh, um, dealing with this today rather than continuing the matter. I'm, I'm not, I'm not sure. I'm not sure where, where to go with this just because I'm not sure what's being asked of. And uh, Mr. Uh, Smirnoff uh, is stating. And uh, I believe he stated that. Um, in this particular case that he was detained, so there was no criminal history. So I'm, I'm not sure what that, what that that means because it, Lieutenant it, Toomey is stating that there is, you know, that he's talking about criminal history. So if, if I may, if oh, yeah. I apologize. I, any, I, like I mentioned, any. Uh, criminal activity that was uh, interactions with the San Francisco Police Department would have been documented with a San Francisco police report. Uh, the complainant has requested certain police reports in which he is named, and we have provided those to him. Okay. So, the, the again, there are no police reports in our possession that have this individual's name on it that he has not been uh, that he has not requested and we have not provided to him. Okay. All right. Thank you. Um, Madam, Madam chair, just as a, a, a point of personal privilege, I, I need to leave in 5 minutes. Okay. Uh, I will seek to return to the meeting uh, before 830. Okay. Uh, uh, Mr. Young, if you could, I'd like you to unmute Mr. Zvaranoff because I do want to give him a chance. Uh, uh, I'd like to ask him some questions. Um, if you could please unmute him. Uh, um, uh, he has been unmuted. Okay. Mr. Zvaranoff, knowing that there are no responsive documents regarding uh, the, the items you requested for 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16. There are no responsive documents there. Um, even though you could uh, uh, request clearance or you could obtain consent to request clearance letters for these other individuals, but it sounds like that would be wasted energy for you since it's not going to return any information. And you have instructions on how to do that uh, for the items you requested in numbers 9 and 10. Is this clear and do you, do you understand what you would need to do here? I know it's not exactly what you want, but does this make sense? Lieutenant Toomey is a racist liar. He is a bald racist who sent racist messages. Uh, okay, Mr. Mr. Zaranoff, I, you know, here's the thing. I don't want, I, 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 I don't want to prevent, I don't want to silence you. But I want to help you and we need to move forward with this. Can you answer my questions? My children have been detained by San Francisco Police Department and during one of the detentions, one of the police officers has actually snatched a protective uh, cast from uh, my son's uh, 
uh, hand. San Francisco Police Department members have molested my uh, underage daughter, and they have stated that she has been detained. So these are the records, the detention records that we're seeking. Mr. Toomey has not cited any uh, clause or paragraph or a part of uh, San Francisco ordinance or California law. All his statements are fake, lies, and a racist cover-up. I urge you to take a legal advice. My requests were not about just criminal records and about all the records of persecution by my family by the racist SF, uh, San Francisco Police Department. These records are not protected, and when they state we are interpreting them as a, as a criminal record they are first of all misinterpreting things second i they are trying to cover up their racist misdeeds against my immigrant family and if you're going to go ahead with them you are you are participating in a racist cover-up you cannot just take this two-page letter and do not and take a decision on it without analyzing it carefully looking at the law and deciding what is wrong and what is right lieutenant Toomey is a evil and race. Okay, Mr. Mr. Uh, Mr. Zvernoff, I'm gonna I'm gonna stop you there. Lieutenant Timmy, I just want to ask um the question regarding minor children being detained. Is that something that would appear in a clearance letter? The detention of a minor child, uh, no, a clearance letter states that they were not arrested or they that they are free of any criminal uh, arrest. How, so, where would the record be showing that they were detained at any point? It would be in a if it was done by a San Francisco police officer, it would yes. be in a San Francisco police report. Okay. And does Mr. Uh, Zvernoff have the police reports that would contain this information about the detentions of uh, uh, his minor children? Without having knowledge of which, what is the content of the police reports he's requested, I can say uh -huh. that the police reports that that. The police reports in which his name are, are listed in, mm -hmm. he has been provided. Okay. Mr. Zvernoff, do you have the police reports with your name in them that refer, that refer to the detention of uh, either of your children? Do you have access no, to them? No, I do not. Okay. And were you also named in these police reports? I have all the police reports that I should have received and of all the detentions that I have been subjected to, I have only received less than a half. Okay, I'm going to uh, ask Lieutenant Toomey, if Mr. Zvernoff believes there are other reports regarding incidents where he was detained and he doesn't have those reports, how, what would be the best way for him to identify the existence of those reports and gain access to them? He, he he has made a request, and we've searched for his name in our reports. We have given him all of the reports that we have with his name listed in them. I have personally searched for that gentleman's name in our report writing system, and if we have drafted a police report, I've cross-checked it with what he has requested in our portal and what has been provided to him. 
Okay. If he knows, if he knows of other case numbers that he was involved with, he can provide those case numbers and those reports can be located. Okay. Um, I'm also, uh, I, I member, uh, Wong, please. Uh, just to note that member Wolf is absent as of 7 o'clock. Okay. Thank you. Um, I. Mr. Sveranoff, for the incidents where you feel as though there are reports that you have not received, do you know the dates of these events? I know approximately the dates of these events, and I know approximately of days when the police has entered my residence unlawfully, have taken a video and molested my daughter. And none of them have been provided. Okay. Um, uh, Lieutenant Toomey. I uh, I do at this point think that uh, and uh, member Wolf at this point, do you think it would be more helpful for us to seek guidance from council than trying to continue? Um, I mean, I have some ideas for what we could do, but do you think it would be more productive for us to um, Talk to our legal counsel uh, in trying to resolve this and making sure that the records that have been sought have been provided um, in a satisfactory manner. Uh, was that a question for Member Wolf? Because he's gone. No, no, sorry, Member Wong. Okay. Um, honestly, I, I feel like I could go either way. Um, you know, it's either we're trusting the word of uh, what SFPD is saying regarding these records, or, you know, we can have legal counsel weigh in. Um, I guess I can see on camera no one is available right now for this hearing. Is that correct? Yeah, I don't, we don't have anyone available for this hearing. No. Um, I think in the in the interest of uh, Lieutenant Toomey, I appreciate the documentation that you've provided here, and I believe you have provided what we asked for. Given that Mr. Zvernoff is um, not satisfied, I feel as though we it's our responsibility to take it one step further and check with our legal counsel about whether. We can advise um, uh, any any additional forms of searches, or whether our legal counsel uh, might say that we have done what was required for this particular complaint, and it would be up to Mr. Sparanoff to um, file additional requests that were more narrow in terms of dates, which might perhaps would make it. Uh, might return additional responsive records. Um, but at this point, I feel as, since member Wong and I are both uh, have some uncertainty about this. I feel that we do want to continue this. I don't know that there's anything that we are asking. I don't think we're asking anything further of the police department at this point, unless. Um, unless you want to ask Mr. Uh, Zverinov to provide a narrower segment of dates to do an additional search on the chance that you might find 
additional responsive records. Um, but in the meantime, I think we need to talk to our legal counsel um, to get advice about uh, how we can ensure that we've done all that we can do for compliance on this case. Uh, I, I understand. I would just uh, leave you with when seeking that advice from legal counsel, just know that we have done a meticulous search of police reports, body-worn camera, um, and, and gone so far as to do keyword searches in our email, which is something that isn't done during the normal course and scope and, and was outside of it to, to ensure that we had tried to locate all of the documents that we might have with these names on it. Uh, I, I don't know of any other mechanism or search function to find documents anywhere else that are ours that we haven't been able to search and locate documents for. So when when seeking your counsel, uh, just please advise them that it's we're only retaining two documents that are attorney client, and, and that is all that we have because we have such this wide berth of the request. Okay. Uh, thank you. Thank you for clarifying that. And we, I will um, take that information to our legal counsel. Um, Mr. Zvernoff, I think this is all that we can do for this evening because we don't have our legal counsel available. Um, I am going to recommend that we continue this matter to our next compliance and amendments uh, committee hearing. I will come back with guidance from our legal counsel about whether um, this is as far as we can go with compliance or if they have any additional recommendations for us to make specific requests to the police department. Um, even though I'm not making a motion here, I will call for public comment. Um, is there anyone uh, in the room who'd like to make public comment? You can step to the podium. Otherwise, uh, Mr. Young, is there anyone online or on the phone who would like to make public comment on this case? Yes, if there's anybody who would like to make public comment, you can raise your hand at this time. Uh, you can use the application to raise your hand. I'm seeing no indication of other public commenters. Okay, thank you. Uh, Mr. Zvaranov, Lieutenant Toomey, I'm sorry that we weren't able to resolve, resolve this in full today. Um, I appreciate you being here uh, and answering all of our questions. Um, we will uh, um, have this on a, our agenda again at our next uh, Compliance and Amendments Committee hearing in August. Um, thank you for being here and uh, Ms. Leger, let's call the next item. Item number six, file number 22010, complaint filed by Ron Cicero against the police department for allegedly violating administrative code section 6721 by failing to respond to a public records request in a timely and or complete manner. On May 3rd, 2023, the Sunshine Task Force moved by Chair Yankee, seconded by Member Schmidt to find that the police department violated administrative code section 6721 B as in boy, by failing to provide records in a timely manner, send a letter to the chief of police to order persons most knowledgeable of property control and archived public records at 1995 Evans Avenue. <clears throat> and building 606 at Hunters Point Shipyards to search for and turn over the requested records as soon as possible and to refer the file to the compliance and amendments committee for follow-up. 
Thank you. Uh, Mr. Young, do we have the petitioner and respondent here? I do see the petitioner. Uh, if the respondent would raise their hand, I can unmute you. I'm here. This is Ron. Yes, that is our petitioner. Okay. I uh, don't see a representative from the police department. Is it actually, is it Lieutenant Toomey? Uh, he's not with us. Uh, he, he's not on the line. Did he just drop off? Excuse me, uh, Administrator Young. Did didn't uh, Lieutenant? He's not Toomey? on the line. That's all I know. He's not on the line. Oh my gosh. <sighs> and he knew this item was on here as well. Uh, he should have. I mean, you know, we. We put together the agenda. It's certainly there. Lists the police department, and he got a copy of the agenda as, you know, and the agenda packet. Um, let's start with Mr. Cicero. Maybe this is an easy one, Mr. Cicero. <laughs> have you received anything from the police department? I have not. Although that's not entirely true. Uh, okay, I want the truth. Okay, fair okay. enough. Uh, I did receive a email response from Lieutenant Toomey that said he is not representing this matter for the San Francisco Police Department. Okay. It's still being handled by the Media Relations Department and that I should contact Sergeant Lobsinger. Subsequent to that, I sent a letter to both Chief Scott, CCing Lieutenant Toomey and to Sergeant Lobsinger, following up on the letter that was sent by the Sunshine Task Force and did not receive a response. That my first letter, which was sent to Lieutenant Toomey, because he was the one that was, I guess, CC'd on the original correspondence. Um, on, I sent him an email on June 9th. He responded on June 9th and, uh, sorry, he responded on Monday, June 12th, saying that he was not representing the matter. Mm -hmm. That same day, I followed up with Chief Scott, Lieutenant Toomey, and Sergeant Lobsinger. That again was June 12th. And um, there has been no response to my knowledge from the chief or anybody in the department, including Sergeant Lobsinger. So when I said there was no response, I basically got a response saying, it's not my job. And that was the only response I got. Okay. Uh... I know that that um, letter went to the chief. I sent Madam it out Chair? myself. Yes. Madam Chair, I'm just going to yes. go ahead and unmute everyone just in case there's uh, problems with hand raising again. I think that's a good idea. So if anybody uh, is a party to this matter, just go ahead and speak up after I unmute you. Do we have anyone representing the police department on the line? No. Okay, I I did unmute everyone and there's no other responses. Had okay. several people mute themselves again immediately. Okay. Uh member Wong, how how do you think we should uh proceed with this? Um uh, I mean it sounds like we probably need to continue the matter without Lieutenant Lobsinger here. We can't get any updates. Um I don't know if it makes sense to 
do an email outreach to him specifically. Um, Ms. Leger, I was curious, like, who did we reach out to for, um, to, in order to get a respondent for this hearing? Uh, I actually reached out to both Mr. Toomey, Lieutenant Toomey, who is, you've heard for the first two uh, matters. And um, I believe Lieutenant Lob, was Sergeant Lobsinger was also included. So they were both notified of this. Yeah. And you, did you hear back directly from, I mean, I know you heard back from Lieutenant Toomey about the other cases. Did he reference this? Um, or may, may, yeah, I'm, you know what, I can't speculate, but. Uh, you know, without being able to see the records. Mm -hmm. Can, um, can I can I just say yes. that at, at this point, mm -hmm. it's very clear because this has been going on since November of 2021. Mm -hmm. The SFPD does not want these records released. That, that there is there is no there's there is no guesstimation there or um, projection or um, it, it's clear they don't want these records released. And it's my understanding. I've, I've the project has now been sold, which means there's now a considerable amount of funding, which means I don't have to sit through another two and a half hours of which I just sat through <laughs> um, to try and get these records. It's mm -hmm. also my understanding after having now just spoken with an attorney that um, the, the city is responsible now for my legal fees due to the time and lack of escalation um, and I'm not an attorney, but I'm sure my attorneys now could um, explain this. And honestly, this has been tremendously frustrating to say the least. As much as the last two and a half hours were brutal, I can sort of understand where the gentleman was coming from. Mm -hmm. So if there's nothing else, there's no point in continuing this. I will take this up and I will file suit. Uh, are you choosing then not to, I mean, what, what's the point at this point? Right? I mean, come on, I, I, this has been going on since November of 21. This isn't your fault. I'm just saying clearly Lieutenant Toomey knew this was on the schedule. A letter has gone to the chief of police. A letter has gone to others in the department and nobody has responded. Nobody. So yeah, that letter to the chief I sent out myself. Right. No, I'm sure it went out. I followed yeah, up with the chief. I'm sure Yankee and I worked on it, so we I sent it out. Yes, of course. I, I, they have it. And, and like I said, I've met with them in person. I've sent multiple emails. It's been, what's going on three years now? I, I'm not going away. Or two years, I should say, because it was November of 2021. So, I mean... We, we can continue this, but at this point, I think we all must agree. It's a bit of a charade. And, uh, and yeah, I, I hear what you're saying. Member Wong, do you think there would be value in continuing this uh, just to get a response from the police department uh, about why they did not send a knowledgeable representative to this hearing as requested? I mean, it may be just. For our future purposes, I think as the Sunshine Ordinance Task Force, um, you know, I think as Mr. Cicero mentioned, it's not going to get him what he wants. Mm -hmm. um, 
I think it's worth outreach, but not necessarily to continue the matter if Mr. Cicero is considering withdrawing it at this point. Well, let, let's put it this way. It, I won't withdraw it, but I am going to take legal action because I cannot spend another two hours on the line like I just did. I, I will jump off a building. <laughs> and I think you probably understand why. Yeah, so, Madam Chair. Yes. May I suggest that we continue the matter to the call of the chair and ask that the um, petitioner eventually withdraw the matter in the future, and we will not schedule it until we hear further. No, I think that's, let's continue yeah. it. No, yeah, let's continue it because if I can take a multi prong approach, then I'll do that. So let's continue it. The police department isn't here. Um, let's continue the matter. Maybe next time they'll show up, but I, I'm just letting you know where I'm at. Okay, we appreciate that. Thank you. I do want to let's continue this to the call of the chair and Ms. Leger, let's um, request a response from it sounds like if it's Sergeant Lobzinger who is responsible for managing this case, uh, we would like a response and we'd like to know why there was not a representative um, at our meeting. And Madam Chair, if we do reschedule this, we can always attempt to put it as number one on the agenda. That would be amazing. Uh, I would like to, uh, even though we uh, haven't taken a motion, um, as a matter of uh, practice, I do like to offer opportunities for public comment. Um, is there anyone in the room who'd like to make public comment on this uh, matter? Or is there anyone online or on the phone who would like to make public comment before we move on? If you'd like to make public comment, you can raise your hand by using the application at this time. Um, everyone is using WebEx at the, this time. I see no hands raised at this time. Okay, uh, Mr. Cicero, thank you. Uh, thank you for keep, keeping us updated. We'll let you know what we hear back from the police department. Uh, and Ms. Leger, please call the next item. Uh, we thank do you, need the motion to continue You're to welcome. the call of the chair. I'm sorry? We need a vote on the motion to continue to the call of the chair. Ah, um, so I made the motion. Uh, I, um, we don't need a long? second. With only two people right. present, we don't need a second. Okay, can we please call the vote on continuing to the call of the chair? Chair LaHood? Aye. Chair LaHood, aye. Member Wong? Aye. Member Wong, aye. Member Wolf, absent. Move by Chair LaHood, seconded by Member Wong to continue matter to the call of the chair and contact Lieutenant Lobsinger on why there was no person most knowledgeable at the hearing. Thank you. Uh, please call the next item. Item number seven, file number 23027, complaint filed by Maria Schulman against the Department of Police Accountability for allegedly violating administrative code section 6725 by failing to respond to an immediate disclosure request in a timely and or complete manner, and 6726 by failing to keep withholding to a minimum, and 6727 by failing to provide justification of withholding. This is the first time this matter is being heard. Thank you. Um, so this will be a hearing to determine uh, jurisdiction on the complaint. Um, and whether we have, uh, uh, if the, we have jurisdiction, whether we have all the information necessary to uh, refer to the full task force. Um, do we have uh, Ms. Schulman here and do we have a representative from the Department of Police Accountability? Mr. Mr. Young, can you, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. This is Sarah Monder from the Department of Police Accountability. I'm sorry, could you say your name one more time? Sarah Monder. Sarah Monder, thank you. Mm -hmm. 
And is Ms. Shulman uh, on the line? Mr. Young, can you make sure that everyone has, or Sorry. see if Ms. Shulman is there? Sorry, I was speaking into a muted mic. I don't see her name listed on the on the list of uh, people on the line with us right now. Okay. Um, I have two thoughts. Uh, Member Wong, we could either uh, take a uh, brief break, maybe until 7.30, and uh, Ms. Monder, if you don't mind, uh, see if Ms. Shulman is there then, or we could take uh, the next item and just uh, uh, go out of order and see if she, uh, it's possible she has stepped away. Um, I know she, she knows this matter was on the agenda. Uh, Member Wong, do you have a preference? I think I would prefer a break. Okay, uh, Ms. Leger, uh, everyone else, um, let's come back at 7.30. So the, the, we are taking a short break. We'll be back at 7.30. Uh, what time do you have? I have uh, 7.21.
Is the one for you? Hi, can you hear me? Yes. Okay. Um, is Member Wong there? Yep. Okay. Okay. Uh, and uh, Victor's there. SM. Forming that I'm here. Sarah Mounder. Okay. So um, we have two members present. Yes, Miss Leger, if you could. Uh, just as a formality, if you could uh, read into the record again, read into the record, the time we're restarting and uh, call call roll. All right. Uh, our break has concluded. It is now 730 PM. And I'm going to call item number 7. Uh, before you do that, if you could just call roll as a formality. Okay. Uh, member Wong. Present member Wong present chair LaHood present chair LaHood present. We have a quorum. Read the item. Yes, please. Item number seven two three zero two seven complaint filed by Maria Schulman against the Department of Police Accountability for allegedly violating administrative code section sixty seven twenty five by failing to respond to an immediate disclosure request in a timely and or complete manner sixty seven twenty six by failing to keep withholding to a minimum and sixty seven twenty seven by failing to provide justification of withholding. This is the first time this matter has been heard. Thank you. Uh, Mr. Young, could you tell us if uh, Ms. Shulman is on the line? Uh, there's, there's no change to our attendee list. Okay. Um, unfortunately, I think uh, I, I, I will say that in reviewing the correspondence before this hearing, seeing what Ms. Shulman was saying, she's very aware that this case was being heard today. She gave no indication that she wouldn't be able to make it. So my conclusion is there must be some kind of emergency. Okay. Because she's generally pretty responsive to our hearings. Okay. I am uh, I am inclined to say since um, I'm sure Ms. Monder has been waiting for this item to come up, I think we should postpone this to our next hearing. Um, and Ms. Bonder, I'm, I'm sorry that uh, you've already waited to partic participate. We appreciate you being here, um, but I think we need to uh, delay this matter to uh, postpone this matter to our next hearing in August. Madam Chair, if you don't mind, I'm just going to go ahead and unmute our last two callers just to find out which items they're here for, just to be sure I'm not mistaken. Thank you. Uh, Ms. Lynch, can I confirm that you're here for item number nine? On behalf of the planning department? She's not responding, but you, I believe that Ms. Lynch is uh, representative for the planning department. Okay. And let me, I have one other person with us. Maxine, I was wondering if you can confirm which item you're here for. I have unmuted you. If you can just uh, confirm which item you're here for. I'm not getting a response. Oh, there she goes. Now that's uh, Mr. Pelpel who raised his hand. Can you hear me now? Yes, I can. We're just confirming who's here for which items. Right. It's uh, David Pelpel. I was just going to give you a, a suggestion that if you haven't called item eight, maybe you want to. Uh, Deal with that because it's another DPA item, and then maybe Ms. Shulman will show up. And if not, then you can 
continue that or whatever. Just a thought. That's all. You know what? Uh, thank you, Mr. Pilpel. That is a good idea. Uh, since uh, uh, Ms. Monder, are you going to be handling um, item number eight as well? Yes, I will be handling that one too. Thank you. Okay. Um, I think that is a good idea. Uh, let's let's take item eight first. I'm just wondering if the representative, I do, if the petitioner for item eight, if you are here, if you can raise your hand. Uh, the petitioner for item eight is in the room with us. Okay, my apologies. I get used to being completely remote. <laughs> I know, it's exciting to have real people. <laughs> my apologies. Um, uh, Cheryl, if you can read item eight. Item number eight, file number 23033, complaint filed by Andrew J. White against the Department of Police Accountability for allegedly violating administrative code section 6721 by failing to respond to a request for public records in a timely and or complete manner and 67.7a by failing to notice the hearing 72 hours in advance of the regular meeting. A policy body shall post agenda containing a meaningful description of each item of business and 67.7b as in boy, by failing to provide meaningful descriptions that are sufficiently clear and specific to alert a person of average intelligence. This is the first time this item is being heard. Uh, thank you, Ms. Leger. Uh, Mr. White, I'd like to invite you up to the podium. Yep. And are we allowing five minutes or three minutes for? Uh, we're gonna um, we're gonna do five minutes uh, as as Mr. White is getting ready. I'll explain the procedure. So we'll give Mr. White five minutes to explain uh, his case. Then we'll give Ms. Monder five minutes to respond. Um, we'll uh, um, then we'll allow uh, three minutes for rebuttals from each side. Um, actually, we'll we'll take uh, questions from uh, members of the com committee. In between, and then we'll we can we can do rebuttals, okay. uh, and then we'll proceed. So, Mr. White, I I know you were getting ready, but what we're going to do is give you. Oh, is is Mr. White's mic on? Could you speak into it again? Let's hear. Hello. It. Yes. Hello. Okay. Perfect. So, Mr. White, uh, when you're ready, let Ms. Leger know, and she will start the timer and give you five minutes. I'm I'm just going to suggest you have to. Microphone as close to your mouth as possible so that we can get a good recording. Okay. Thank you. Are you ready? Yep. Are you ready, sir? Uh, just a second. Uh, oops. Just peep up. Peep up filter. Okay. Yes, I'm ready. Go ahead, sir. Okay. Yeah, I'd just like to address I have a complaint uh, here that I put in revolving around three uh, sections of codes. Um, I suppose sections of the Sunshine Ordinance. Uh, based off, I'm just going to address the complaint directly and the letter I received from the DPA um, from their staff attorney. First of all, I mean, with all due respect to DPA for working through this with me, um, I'm basically just trying to uh, acknowledge some policy and procedure um, that may need. Uh, it's a little fuzzy to me. Uh, maybe they could um, potentially take a uh, suggestion here um, revolving around the complaint. 
I, I also, okay, so first of all, oh, I, re, I submitted some documentation uh, a couple days late, I believe, recently uh, to uh, Cheryl uh, Ledger, maybe is her name? I'm not sure how to say her last name. Uh, but uh, Ledger, Leaguer. Uh, so I don't know if that is admissible today for me. Um, it's kind of a generic phone record, which I've already stated on the complaint uh, to the DPA, which is basically what this is about. Um, I made two phone calls uh, to Helen Calderon uh, in December of 2022. Uh, I have the dates listed. I had a couple of generic phone records that really aren't going to say much because the dates aren't on them. But uh, if the DPA did check, she was on vacation. That's what's going on. She's on vacation. So I called twice, one on the 21st of December, 2022, and one on the 30th of December, uh, 2022, and she was on vacation. Um, I just wanted clarification of some of the potential uh, action of, of approach to uh, locating uh, potential officers uh, regarding the original incident dating back to 7-7-2018. Um, and, uh, you know, they did try to help me in the beginning, deep, this being, them being the DPA, for trying to find some hospital records uh, from that day that uh, were not able to be located. And uh, so I'm, I'm not understanding um, how they went about determining their findings of informational uh, uh, regarding how they tried to locate the police regarding the original instance, which is the misuse of a taser in a particular form and fashion of uh, really probably uh, is valid as a re very valid candidate for SB2 uh, of decertifying a police officer, being as that they ripped my pants off while I was handcuffed and put a taser somewhere where it shouldn't be to the bare skin. And uh, uh, it's just kind of odd. I mean, I don't know. I'm not going to get too much, too far in more into that. I'm going to focus more on policy and procedure, but this did occur and there were EMTs and many police present. So there were plenty of witnesses of them doing this to me. So I just recently attended an ACLU meeting revolving around SB2, which is, the, uh, you know, I talked a lot about post, which I learned about post, um, uh, peace officer standard training courses and, and uh, decertification of police officers. So I'm trying to get a, uh, informed on in these uh, departments here. So basically, I received a letter on this complaint. I referenced two, three sections uh, of the Sunshine Ordinance, 67.21B, 67.7B, which pretty much kind of go together, and 67.7G, which uh, is actually seems to me to be a pretty easy one. Uh, and uh, let's see here, um, pretty clear, uh, and will help clear things up for others. Also, I see it in a lot of different entities um, placing this sunshine uh, acknowledgement um, of your rights in their paperwork so people are aware and don't forget that they can uh, utilize this function. So uh, the letter from the staff attorney the DPA, James Conger, um, on the recent complaint uh, that I put it regarding the two phone calls I made to Helen Calderon uh, revolving around uh, uh, clarification on did they attempt to to how did they attempt to locate these this these potential officers who misused their taser 
Um, so I'm, uh, I know they say they don't have records of the phone call here in the letter from James Conger that uh, was sent to the Sunshine Ordinance Task Force on March 21st, 2023. Uh, they say there is no record of the phone calls on their end. Um, okay. So time is up. For what? For your speaking. For speaking. Completely? Yeah. No, don't no worry. we'll ask questions. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. No, so we're, what we're going to do is give the respondent five minutes to talk, and then uh, Member Wong and I will have questions for you. So when we ask you questions, uh, you'll be able to um, give us more of the details that you didn't have time to uh, give us in, in the first presentation. Okay. Okay. Sounds okay. fair. Okay. So, uh, Ms. There. Bonder, are you, on, uh, are you unmuted? Yes. Can you hear okay. me? Yes, uh, we're going to give you five minutes to speak, and then uh, Member Wong and I may have questions for both you uh, and Mr. White. But uh, please go ahead when uh, Ms. Leger says she's ready with the timer. Okay. Ms. Mounder, are you ready? Yes. Okay, great. Go ahead, ma'am. Okay. Um, so, Sarah Maunder for the Department of Police Accountability. I don't have much to, um, to add to the letter that we submitted previously in March. Uh, I'll just summarize and say that we have no record of a request for public records being made. And um, regarding the hearing, the complaint about the hearing procedures, um, there, there was actually no hearing. The hearing was denied. Uh, and so um, the, the manner in which the hearing occurred is, is not truly an issue because no, no hearing occurred. And so that, that's all I have to add. Thank you. Okay. Uh, Member Wong, do you, uh, do you have any questions that you'd like to start with? Um, I think the 1st question is for Mr. White. Uh, was, yeah, I, I didn't see any request for public records. Was there a request made to. DPA for public records and um, if there was, how, how was that request made? This is a question for me. Yes. Okay. Am I uh, eligible to answer at this time? Yes, please. Okay. Thank you. Um, yeah, I uh, had made per, per the recent complaint to regarding two phone calls to Helen Calderon. Um, I had a uh, reference. 67.21b and 67.7b uh it states in 67.21 that you can i believe let me see here uh you can use oral requests 67 there's a statement 67.21b of the sunshine ordinance that oral requests can be made uh i'm, I'm assuming over the phone so I left a message twice. Uh, Conrad was on vacation uh, both times. From the sounds of it, it's the holidays. Um, so that is what I did, and I feel I would. So my request for investigative hearing, yes, was was denied. Um, so I, I, I'm just wondering, since there's no record of these phone calls from me, which I did, I, I have a generic printout from my end, but I was hoping I could match up the times on those generic printouts on your end. Um, but they're saying there's no records of them per your letter March 21st, um, 2023. So I'm wondering if I can, in the future, utilize California Penal Code 632, 
revolving around. I may have to do this on occasion if I do come through this again, this process to uh, record on my end the conversations or messages being left. Um, I just wanted to put forth that uh, potential uh, effort, uh, uh, cause that potential action in the future. Um, so I don't know like how your department uh, records the conversations, but I think I believe it is going to be necessary for me to try and do some of that on my own when I call. And I just want to be aware of that. Wanted people to be aware of that. I don't know if I'm going to be doing that every time, but things like yeah. this, it sounds like I need to. So I think there may be a bit of confusion here. Um, so the Sunshine Ordinance Task Force, we. Um, our jurisdiction. Oh, whoops, is sorry, who is speaking right now? This is Member Wong. She Member Wong. Okay. Okay. Thank you. I was confused. Oh, sorry about that. Wong. Thank you, Wong. Um. Yeah. We. So we. Our jurisdiction is around public records and public records requests, and it sounds like your main complaint may have been specifically in a request for um, an investigation by the DPA. Is that correct? Yes, just how they went about um, the instance of gathering their findings, which were informational. I just was more curious as to, you know, how, how the paper trail transpired and, and maybe not the all the details since my request for investigative hearing was denied. Um, but uh, kind of just a, a general layout of, of did they approach any of the companies, any of the precincts, any potential officers that I try, that I may have uh, listed. And uh, that is all. Um, however, I would like to try and uh, uh, the documents I did submit revolving around this complaint, I would like to try to redact um, a few of the documents uh, except for the complaint, the main complaint, and uh, item one uh, defining the complaint that I submitted. Um, and and I'm, I'm gauging this off of, um, you know, modified anonymity, public anonymity from 67, Sunshine uh, Code 67.21K, client, uh, attorney client privilege type thing, uh, which would be me and me here. So, and then, uh, you know, SB 16, SB 1421, leading into 832.5 penal codes revolving around anonymity and um, redaction. Um, I'd like to, so it's not all online. It's, I'm just putting that request in. Um, Mr. White, that's an interesting question. Unfortunately, because you submitted the records for this, like, uh, for this hearing, these documents, like this, this was posted online. It's already been posted it's online. Already posted online. Okay. Uh, well, how do I redact that? I believe I should have the right to do that. Stating the, uh, the laws that I just decided. Um, and, and since the since the police department seems to have a lot of a lot of uh, to be honest, I would we have never had uh, I have not encountered this request before. I think we would need to talk to our legal counsel about that. I don't know, and Member Wong, unless you have further uh, other advice on this, um, since it has already been posted as part of the public record, hmm. because it, so um, when this meeting was announced. We, we posted well, an agenda and it included attachments that were documents, including uh, information submitted by you, the petitioner and by the respondent. Okay. Um, Ms. Leger, Mr. Young, I don't know if you have any guidance on this or if we just need to 
talk to our uh, council about He needs that. direction on how to submit records? Is that no, no, no. One of the letters didn't he, complete also, that's why. But yeah, so uh, he submitted uh, documents supporting his file here that he doesn't want to be online, but they are already online as part of this um, agenda. I will speak to my uh, supervisor, Alisa okay. Samara. She's the only one with authority to remove something that's been online. Okay. So Mr. White could follow up with you uh, about yeah, that. Yeah, you can. You can okay. just email me. I'll, I'll talk to her tomorrow. What's tomorrow? Wednesday? Yeah, Wednesday or Friday because I have appointments on what Thursday. Okay. But I will be in touch with her. And um, I think I have your email address. So um, uh, she and I will just talk about this. And once that's taken care of, I can let you know. Okay. You have to be specific about what records you want. Remember. Actually, let's let's. I'm I'm glad that you've made that connection. Um, let's continue back with the case. But thank you for answering that because I did not know how to proceed at all no. regarding that request. Um, uh, Ms. Uh, Monder, I have a question for you. Or, or sorry, actually, uh, uh, Member Wong, um, did you have additional follow up questions? I don't. Okay, uh, Ms. Monder, I have a question for you. Yes. Um. So, um, you said that you don't have, um, uh, is there, do, were you able to, ch uh, check phone records or check regarding voicemails, uh, Ms. Calderon's voicemails, whether she received these voicemails, uh, that, uh, Mr. White says that he left for her on December in Dece late December. Mm -hmm. Um, I believe that so, um, James Conger, who used to be on our staff. Uh, searched for records, and I believe before he left, he told me that he um, asked uh, Ms. Calderon verbally because mm -hmm. uh, it wouldn't be a practice to save voicemails, but we would um, uh, say, so Helen is an investigator, Ms. Calderon was an investigator, and she, if she received a voicemail, the standard practice would be to record the contents um, or document the contents of the voicemail or the request in our case management system and we couldn't find anything documenting a phone call and she didn't she did not remember getting any public records requests um so it, it may just have been uh discussions about and then this is speculation about the findings letter and the request for an investigative hearing that was denied um i'm so, i'm sorry so you're suggesting actually are you saying that uh that they had that she had had conversations. Are you suggesting that uh, Ms. Calderon had conversations with Mr. White rather than receiving voicemails? I I'm I don't know if she received a voicemail. I'm assuming because Mr. White said that he left voicemails that Ms. Mm -hmm. Calderon did receive them. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, so I I didn't personally question her. Um, but, but we don't have the voicemails anymore. Uh, okay. So. I, I'm assuming that uh, that the calls were about the findings letters that were sent. It's it's fairly common when a findings letter goes out for a complainant to call back and ask um, what the findings letters mean okay. and how to request an investigative hearing. Um, so an investigative hearing is the next step after our, our findings letters go out. Mm -hmm. The next option a complainant has is to request an investigative hearing. And so very frequently at the end of an investigation, there will be a conversation about how to do that. Okay, and but the uh, Mr. White made a request, and that request was denied. Is that correct? Correct. The, the request for the investigative hearing was denied. And did, was that request made 
after he says he left these voicemail messages or that was made before he said he left the voicemail messages? I'm not sure. Uh, Mr. White, when your um, request for a hearing was denied, what month did that happen? Uh, the request for the hearing being denied. Let me see if I have that up here with me. Uh, I have it somewhere. I think it's over there, though. Can I go grab that? Sure. Actually, you know, Mr. White, I found it here uh, in looking, the record. I'm, fine. I'm not finding it in here. So I believe that. Uh, I'm looking for the denial letter is what I'm looking for. Yeah. It looks like it was in 2020. Yeah. Cause I, I mean, I'm, I do have documentation. It says. Request for an investigative hearing will be granted by the director to individuals who demonstrate a hearing will facilitate the fact finding process. Um, so this is like before I got there, but yeah, this was. Uh... And it sounds like, and Ms. Monder, if you could, uh, is this correct that the uh, Department of Police Accountability did not find enough information to proceed? Is, is that why uh, the request for hearing was denied? Yes, that's correct. If, if there are, is no new evidence, um, then an investigative hearing is not granted. Okay. So it sounds like the, um, Ms. or member Wong, how do you think we should proceed with this? I'm not sure i i've never been in a situation where we don't have a, a specifically a records request yeah i mean it's uh there was all, all we know at this point i mean the 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 we know that uh mr oh, i found it denial <laughs> letter and was it in 2020 uh september 18th 2020 okay request for investigative hearing Denial okay. from Paul David Henderson. So, um, uh, what we know is that Mr. Uh, that Mr. White uh, says that he left voicemail messages, and Mr. White, you you didn't hear back from. Did Ms. Calderon call you back at any point after you left those voicemail messages? Now, to my knowledge, in this, uh, there was a technical difficulty on my end with receiving the uh, phone call. Okay, but I don't believe so. 
Uh, but unfortunately, the Department of Police Accountability doesn't have. Um, doesn't... Alex left my email. Sorry to interrupt. Yeah, no, no, it's okay. Um, it, it, according to Ms. Monder, Department of Police Accountability doesn't have a record of those phone calls. They don't maintain voicemails, but they don't have notes from Ms. Calderon about receiving that call. Um, I don't know how we would proceed at this point because it doesn't. Um, it seems that that was that would be the only issue that we could proceed with. I know you had some suggestions about the procedures of the Department of Police Accountability, but I don't know that those are. Um, I don't know that those are relevant to the Sunshine Ordinance. Unless Member Wong, do you think there's anything that uh, that we're overlooking here? I don't believe so because I think um, some of those refer to public meetings and I don't think that the DPA has public meetings that I'm aware of. Ms. Monder, does the DPA have any uh, uh, public meetings? Uh, we do not except for uh, during budget cycle. Okay, and that's not the type of meeting that Mr. White was concerned with. Is that correct? Correct. correct. The, the meeting that I was concerned with, which may not have occurred, was the attempt to locate the officers, um, whatever, whoever they may be, uh, revolving around uh, if they had any type of um, con uh, contact or conversation with any uh, precincts revolving around the, the vicinity of the, of the incident, because um, I did state in a letter that it's Incomplete online, the one I was talking about redacting, because um, there's more than one page, uh, first of all. But, anyways, uh, so I, I don't know if anything was done uh, outside of in the very beginning trying to find a hospital report that, that wasn't there. Um, uh, 67.7B, that's what I'm referring to with 67.7B um, alerting. A person of average intelligence being a meeting between the DPA and the PD is what I'm referring to. It, so, it, did this occur? I don't know. Um, unfortunately, I don't think uh, I don't think that falls under the scope of I don't I, I I'm a meeting you're describing, uh, which would be communications. The investigation work done between uh, those two departments that wouldn't be a public meeting. So I don't think that's something that. I, I don't think that falls within our jurisdiction. I feel it as though it seems as though the 1 thing that might fall within our jurisdiction is the. Uh, lack of response to the requests you made over voicemail, but I don't know that we have enough evidence to proceed with that since there's no record. With the Department of police accountability of those uh, voicemails being received. So I don't know how we would proceed with this. Okay, and, and it, says, it just says made, made available for public inspection, basically information revolving around the, the item, uh, the complaint, I, I'd imagine. Um, this is 67.7B and uh, the last sentence this is the last sentence. It shall refer to any explanatory documents that have been provided to the policy body in connection with an agenda item. Uh, policy body, uh, maybe the uh, DPA. Um, the agenda item be my complaint or the Sunshine Awareness Task Force in my complaint, such as correspondence or reports and such documents shall be posted adjacent to the agenda. 
adjacent to the agenda. I don't know if this is considered the agenda. My terminology is straight. If such documents are of more than one page in length, made available for public inspection. Now I'm confused there whether public inspection is me being a member of the public and being able to inspect it privately before it is put forth so for Ms. the rest Obi, of the public. I think the problem is, and I'm going to verify with Ms. Monder again. Ms. Monder, the, Depart the Department of Police Accountability does not hold public meetings or post public agendas. Is that correct? That's correct. Except, except for the budgetary meetings. So what Mr. Uh, White is asking for regarding publicly posted agendas don't apply to your agency. That's correct. We don't have any publicly posted ex agendas. Except yeah. for the budgetary meeting, which is not what Mr. White is inquiring about. Correct. Okay. Um, Mr. White, un unfortunately, uh, Member Wong, do you have any, do you see any, do you see anything that falls within our jurisdiction where we would have enough information to proceed with uh, forwarding a complaint to the full task force? Unfortunately, I do not. Okay. Um, Ms. Monder, is there any other advice that you would have for Mr. White that might help him in gaining access to information uh, that he's looking for? Um, for this case, so basically his rights for, to information when he makes a complaint derive from his status as the complainant as right. opposed to a member of the public. And so the options available are requesting a case review and um, requesting an investigative hearing. So those the only two options are um, once the complaint investigation has concluded um, is to request a case review or request an investigative hearing. Um, and has he already done both of those things? I believe so. Does Mr. White have an option to request to request another case review or how how would the department of police accountability respond to him requesting another case review um generally you only get one case review but i can see the confusion that occurred here and if say he requested a case review before but didn't actually exercise that right uh we can accommodate that if he would like to request one now or not not now in this hearing but if he would no. like to contact the investigator or a case review and um, mention uh, my name, uh, I can facilitate that. Okay, so would it be uh, Ms. Calderon who he is reaching out to again, or would it be a, a, would would it be someone else in the department who he is contacting? Yes, she would be the person. Okay, so Mr. White, at this point, unfortunately, I don't think we can help you uh, here at the Sunshine Ordinance Task Force, but Ms. Monder is suggesting that you contact Ms. Calderon again and request a case review. Okay, yeah, uh, that, that sounds great. Um, I mean, I, I do understand that there are uh, options for people to, you know, I mean, take class and become mediators and all that stuff in, in the case review. I, I was aware of that in the beginning. Um, so that's great. I mean, the, the classes are, you've got to pay for them or whatever. Yeah, I applied, but I didn't qualify for whatever reason um, at this point. So, I mean, the case review, I'm just curious to the DPA here, um, the case review, I appreciate that um option um to an extent uh is that going to and i don't know maybe this is the wrong side to ask is that mean if i get a case review now after the denial of the investigative hearing i'm just going back for a case review and the investigative hearing option is eliminated still 
If, if you'd like me to, if the uh, chair would like me to answer, I can. Um, if you can answer briefly, and then after that, I think we need to move on because it sounds like we're getting quite far afield from from the sunshine ordinance, but please go ahead. Okay. Yes. Um, yes. Yeah, so it, it, the um, opportunity for an investigative hearing has passed. Uh, there are strict statutory limits for um, investigative hearings and discipline for officers. So what you would gain from a case review would simply be an understanding of what happened during the investigation. Okay. Thank you. You're okay. welcome. Um, so, uh, at this point, since we are not going to recommend that this, uh, be sent to the full task force, uh, Mr. Young, do we need to make a motion to find, uh, um, what motion do we need to make? Um, it may be a good question to ask if the petitioner would be willing to withdraw the complaint. Uh, if not, you can send it forward to the full task force with a recommendation that no violation has, has occurred. Um, Mr. Or White, you have no jurisdiction or whichever. Um, member, or sorry, please go ahead. Oh, I just, there was silence, so I wasn't sure if things were frozen, because it looks no. like the video is frozen on our side. Uh, may I interject a uh, proposal revolving around this complaint that may fall under the task force jurisdiction uh, revolving around 67.7G, uh, which is uh, uh, basically asking the DPA to to implement this in the, into their uh policy on the on the on the information on the fine facts and findings the final facts and findings um the results um in this case being informational um I, to put to to squeeze in the 67.7 g each policy body shall ensure that notices and agenda for regular special meetings shall include so, the following so mr white um they so you're talking about agendas and agendas are for uh, need to be posted for public meetings. The only public meetings that they hold are their uh, budget discussion meetings, which I don't think are the kinds of meeting or those aren't the discussions, the kinds of okay, discussions. For special meetings. That should, well, I mean, this is an agenda, though, for the, the task force yeah. to remind us. I'm thinking of using this as a reminder. I've seen it in other. I can't remember where I saw this right now at this point, but know your rights under the Sunshine Ordinance, Chapter 67. Yes. I mean, is that is that. Like so, a wild request to put um, that in on in their paperwork. Unfortunately, it doesn't it. apply. If they don't like their their findings, and they so it it does. So the investigations and findings that they're talking about there are not the same mm -hmm. as what what we're doing here in a public meeting. Um, so I, I hear what you're asking for, but I it's not within our jurisdiction to make that kind of recommendation for them for their for their procedures not relating to public meetings. Okay. Um, so, okay. I'm I'm sorry that that we're not able to help you further here um, with the Sunshine Ordinance Task Force, but I hope that so, that in going back to Ms. Calderon and requesting a case review, she might be able to help you understand what happened uh, with the investigation with your case, which is what uh, Ms. Monder is suggesting, and I think that is most likely. I think that's the the best avenue for getting. For you getting the information that you are seeking. Okay. Um, yeah, that sounds sounds uh 
pretty decent. Um, so, uh, yeah, I just, I need to get your email or why not, or you're going to email me revolving around, uh, the online document, uh, requesting. Yes. The so redact redacting documents he removed. Yeah. yeah. Well, actually, uh, not all of them, but some of them. Yeah. Um, Mr. White, uh, uh, Mr. Young, who was also uh, speaking remotely, um, wanted me to ask you since we're not we're we're not going to recommend that the task force proceed with this case because I I don't think we there's a good application of the Sunshine Ordinance here. Would you like to withdraw your case, or would you like us to just send our recommendation to the task force that we not find violation? Uh, and that is, it's, it's your choice. So regarding around those two options, uh, it, it's still all posted online. Uh, although Ms. Ms. Leger is going time. to ask her, uh, supervisor if she can, uh, remove those documents from the record. Do you want your entire case file removed? Or just the supporting documents, perhaps just it sounded like, documents. I suppose with everything being discussed, um, it could all be removed. I mean, Ms. Leger, I, I don't know. I, I think perhaps the complaint document, it didn't sound like Mr. White had issue with that. I think it was the supporting documents that he was concerned about. Yes. Exhibits that was, uh, one through five. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. Just yeah. exhibits one through five. Yeah. The, the complaint. Yeah. I suppose. So, yes. All right. We can move. We, I will talk to my supervisor. She's the only one that has authority to do that. Okay. And uh, you, uh, Madam you, should Chair, I email uh, you? Or yes. Wait. Sorry, Mr. Young. Yes. I think uh, maybe the best option would be to refer the matter to the SOTF consent agenda with the recommendation to find that the task force has no jurisdiction. Okay. I think that was your discussion. My apologies if it's not. Uh, yes, I think that's what we're. Uh, um, uh, I'm going to make a motion. To uh, forward to this to the task force consent agenda, uh, uh, finding no violation, or excuse me, uh, uh, finding that we do not have jurisdiction. Seconded. Okay. Um, so, uh, Mr. White, what we're going to do next is open this up for public comment. So that would be from not from you or Ms. Monder, but other members of the public, uh, just to comment on our motion. Is there anyone uh, either present uh, here in person or online or on the phone who would like to make public comment on this motion? Uh, if you'd like to make public comment, you can raise your hand at this time. I'm seeing no indications of raised hands. Okay. In that case, uh, Ms. Lachey, could you please call the vote? Chair LaHood? Aye. Chair LaHood, aye. Member Wong? Aye. Member Wong, aye. Member Wolf, absent. Moved by Chair LaHood, seconded by Member Wong to forward the item to the Sunshine Ordinance Task Force agenda with a finding that we do not have jurisdiction. Okay. Uh, uh, Mr. White. Consent, oh, yes. Consent, uh, consent agenda. Consent agenda. Okay, that's what I have in my notes. Yes. yes. Okay, great. Uh, Mr. White, thank you for coming in today. I hope that you're able to get the information um, you're looking for when you talk to Ms. Calderon. Okay. Uh, to who? Um, at the uh, Department of Police Accountability. Ms. Monder suggested Monder. that you follow up with Calderon. Ms. Okay, Calderon. Okay. Um, what was your name again? I'm Cheryl. 
Oh, you are Cheryl? Yeah. Okay. You're the one I was trying to pronounce the last name. Don't worry about okay. it. Okay, sorry about that. <laughs> it was, um, was I close? <laughs> I guess. Close enough for now, huh? Okay, uh, so I'll, I'll uh, just deal with that then. Okay. okay. Th uh, thank you. And yeah, and Ms. Lachey, if you could follow up with Mr. White and let him know, I think that would be helpful because we understand his request. Yeah. Okay. Totally. Thank you. Um, let's please, uh, uh, Mr. Mr. Young, can you let us know, is there a chance that uh, Ms. Shulman uh, is on the call? Nobody else has logged in. Okay. Um, I would like to uh, um, recommend that we um, uh, move item number seven, that we uh, continue item number seven, file number 23027 to our next compliance and amendments committee meeting. And Ms. Leger, if you could follow up with Ms. Shulman um, and May let I her suggest, know. Uh, call yes. of the chair just in case uh, she cannot make the next meeting. Sure. To be scheduled to the call of the chair. That would be fine. Uh, and second is uh, member one. Um, I think since it's a, a, a to the call of the chair, I think we, uh, Mr. Young said we don't need a second on that, but we will take public comment. There's only two members in the room. There's really no need for a second. Okay. Um, but we'll see. Is there any public comment? If you'd like to make comment, you can raise your hand. I see no hands raised at this time. Okay. Thank you, Ms. Jay. If you could call the vote on that. Chair LaHood. Aye. Chair LaHood, aye. Member Wong. Aye. Member Wong, aye. Member Wolf, absent. Oh, let me see the motion. Uh, moved by Chair LaHood, seconded by Member Wong to continue item 23027 uh, to the call of the chair. Um, there was no second. All right. All right. Thank you. Uh, nine, item nine now. Yes, when you're ready, item nine, please. Okay. Item number nine, file number two three zero one nine, complaint filed by Olga Tikanova against the planning department for allegedly violating administrative code section sixty seven twenty five by failing to respond to an immediate disclosure request in a timely and or complete manner. This is the first time this case has been heard. Uh. Mr. Young, do we have uh, Ms. Tikanova and someone from the planning department uh, ready for to discuss this matter? Yes, uh, I have. Un I have made everyone uh, panelists so they can unmute their own microphones at this time. Ms. Tikanova, uh, are you able? Are you here? Do we have someone here from the planning department? Yes, Laura Lynch from the San Francisco planning department. Ms. Lynch, thank you for being here. Uh, Mr. Young, is there anyone, are there any lines that you have not identified or don't know who they are? 
We have a Maxine, Maxine on the line with us. Uh, they are unmuted. Um, this is member Wong. I'm not sure if this is the case, but I know there's a Maxine Anderson who will be participating for item number 10. So that may be that Maxine. Uh, Ms. Leger, did you? Okay, great. <laughs> Thank you for letting us know. Uh, Ms. Leger, did you hear anything from Ms. Tikanova uh, indicating that she was planning on attending this meeting? Um, I actually didn't hear anything, but I do know she has she has had a total of three open cases, two of which have been heard by complaint committee, uh, and then she did not make an appearance at either of those two hearings. She did not. She did not. Okay. Um, but this is the first time this one's being heard. Yeah, all of her cases have not been heard, including this one, if she's not here today. Okay, since this one is separate from those, and this is the first time that she hasn't appeared for this, um, I we need to give her the benefit of the doubt, check in with her. Um, we're going to postpone this um, one to the Madam call. Chair, yes. I believe it's our standard procedure to go ahead and close it and give them 60 days to ask us to reopen it. Even, at, even if it's the first time? Yes. Okay, I will accept that. Uh, <laughs> and Cheryl, uh, if we have any more complaints from this person, uh, let's not schedule them until we get active confirmation. Okay, uh, I'd like to make a motion that we close this case. Uh, do I have a second? Uh, we want to say uh, to table the matter and Per, per complaint procedure. Okay, I'm making a motion to table the matter per complaint, complaint procedure 7B. Complaint procedure 7B. Uh, with prejudice. Without prejudice. Without prejudice. Without prejudice, yes. And uh, the, we will inform the, the parties and they will have six days to request that the matter be reopened if they so desire. And we will inform the parties that they have 60 days to request that the matter be reopened if they so desire. Does that need to be part of the motion? I think that's part of complaint procedure 7B. Yes, it does not need to be part of the motion, but we just state it for the record that they will be notified. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right, do we want to do public comment on this one? Um, actually, I'd like, uh, do I have a second? Uh, seconded. Uh, let's open this up for public comment. Is there any public comment on this motion? Mr. Pilpil, if you want to raise your hand now, it's your time. He's our only person left on the on the calendar. Uh, no hand raised. We can close public comment. Okay, please call the vote. Chair LaHood. Aye. Chair LaHood, aye. Member Wong? Aye. Member Wong, aye. Member Wolf, absent. Moved by Chair LaHood, seconded by Member Wong to table the matter per complaint procedure 7B without prejudice and inform the parties that they have 60 days to request that the matter be opened. Thank you. And Cheryl, I want to make sure, is your microphone picking all of that up? Is this? Okay. It was. It, I think okay. so. Um, uh, this is Victor. I did hear everything. I'm sorry, say that again. Uh, this is Victor. I did hear it all. Okay, great. All right, next item. Next item, please. 
Item number 10, committee members will review articles one and two of the Sunshine Ordinance and discuss possible amendments to recommend to the full task force. Recommendations proposed by members of the public at previous committee meetings will be taken into, consider into consideration. Uh, discussion and proposed action to forward recommendations to the full task force. And we have uh, two links uh, for documents that were part of this agenda. Okay, and um, one thing that I'd like to say uh, um, uh, before we get started here uh, is that we're expecting that this process will take several meetings, which is why we only put uh, articles one and two on this agenda. And I want to make sure that there's, you know, time for robust conversation. I wish that actually we might be close to getting member Wolf back in for the discussion. Um, here's what I'm thinking. Um, since we do have a few members of the public who, uh, who are here with us, um, I'm thinking that I will give, um, uh, I'll give members of the public three minutes each if they want to say something at the beginning and then uh, member Wong and I and member Wolf, hopefully when he arrives, I think should start going through this sort of section by section, maybe doing a couple of chunks at, the at a time. And we will give uh, further opportunity for members of the public to respond section by section. So in your opening three minutes, don't feel as though you have to say everything because you will have another chance to uh, um, uh, comment on discrete points um, within the Sunshine Ordinance text. Um, so I do see someone at the podium right now. And Victor, um, if we could, uh, um, uh, after we have our uh, in-person speaker uh, speak for three minutes, um, if we could start a queue for those online um, and we'll, just, we'll give everybody three minutes this time around, um, and then we'll, we'll have a few opportunities in the middle. Um, just so you know, I have made everyone a present uh, participant now, and they all have controls over their own microphones. We have two guests with us online. We have Mr. Pilpel and we have Maxine. Okay, great. Um, I'm going to let our in-person guest introduce herself and Ms. Lachey, please let her know when you, she, when you're ready with the timer. Uh, how many minutes? Three minutes. Three each. minutes. Yeah. Okay. Are you ready? I'm ready. Yes. Okay, great. Go ahead, ma'am. I'm Allison Washburn, a former member of the task force and of this committee. Currently the chair of the steering committee of San Franciscans for Sunshine, uh, which comprises primarily um, past and current members of the task force and members of the League of Women Voters. The League has been supporting um, the Sunshine Ordinance from its inception and is very much involved with efforts to update and strengthen it. Um, the two documents that were uploaded, um, the, the first is actually the text, the original text of Articles 1 and 2 of the Sunshine Ordinance, along with um, changes um, that began actually in this committee, I would say almost 20 years ago. And in the interim, uh, additional um, amendments have been proposed by San Franciscans for Sunshine and other people. Um, this has been the, an earlier version of this was vetted by the city attorney's office. The second document, uh, which is a detailed um, 
description of the changes, a lot of that um, language is from the city attorney's office. Um, although since that review, which was done in 2016, there have been additional changes made. Um, so when I spoke um, several months ago about what we have in mind, it was, is it possible to move forward with some of the amendments uh, through the task force taking this to the Board of Supervisors? We're thinking of things like um, amendments to correct original drafting errors, um, amendments that clear up some ambiguities, like substituting three business days for 72 hours, which always confuses people, and then some other needed and possibly non-controversial amendments um, the one that comes to mind is staggering terms for members of the task force. That's, um, of course, in Article 4. Um, but just um, briefly, I wanted to say that uh, members of San Franciscans for Sunshine um, believe that what is really needed is for um, the task force to become a commission and that there be a charter amendment to that effect, which will be very parallel to what we see for the ethics commission thank you thank you for your comments um mr young who is next in line i'm not hearing anything uh mr young victor Oh, he's muted currently. Hmm. Sorry about that. I keep forgetting. Um, so we have two other people with us today. Uh, I gave them control over their own mics. We have Mr. Pelpel, but they have not raised their hands or indicated they want to speak yet. Mr. Pelpel may be otherwise disposed, but Maxine, would you like to make comment at this time? Ms. Anderson, if you'd like three minutes, we would uh, invite your comments. Thank you very much. Uh, first of all, thank you for all the work you're doing um, with this committee and with the Sunshine Ordinance Task Force. My name is Maxine Anderson. I'm a member of the League of Women Voters of San Francisco. And as Allison has stated, the League has is very and has always been very interested in advocates for open government. Uh, the Sunshine Ordinance gives us that opportunity here in San Francisco. Um, we have right now an ordinance that um, was draft crafted during a time when we didn't have the sorts of uh, technical advances we have now. And um, so in order to bring it up to the 21st century, we need to um, look at ways that we can update it to make sure that we take into account all the different ways that people now communicate. Um, we don't send as many faxes anymore. Um, we have uh, Instagrams, we have uh, technical advances where you can delete a message or have it disappear. With an open government, we need to make sure we capture all the information we need uh, for the people to be informed of what their government is doing. Um, a couple of things um, as a part of uh, this that and looking into uh, redrafting or just updating uh, the ordinance that we had um, 
identified was that we need to have a central location where all the meetings are uh, and the scheduling for all the meetings and their agendas is located. And it should, it can and should be right in one spot on the uh, city's website. So you shouldn't have to go from one department to another department to find out what's going on. It should just be one major calendar that you all could feed in from that departments can feed into to let people know when the hearings are being held. And also for passive bodies that we have uh, in the city, that those uh, hearing um, schedules should be posted uh, not only on the city's website, but also in the main library so people can find them. So we'll know when there are any passive bodies having um, hearings. So. I don't want to take up too much of your time. I don't, I'm interested in hearing how you all want to put this together or line up how these issues could be addressed. So that's the end of my comments. Thank you very much for taking my comments. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, thank you both. Um, do we have, uh, is, does Mr. Pilpel, would Mr. Pilpel like three minutes? I believe he does. He, I saw his hand go up and down. Oh, here goes. Maybe he called in. I did call in. Can you hear me better on the phone? Yes. yes. Great. Fantastic. Okay. So I assume okay, that you're on, on item hold 10. On, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, Ms. I will Lajay, hold. let you know when she's better with the timer. Thank you. Okay. Thank you, Dave. Okay. Are you ready to begin? I am. You may begin. Okay, uh, so I assume that you're on item 10. I checked in a few minutes ago, you were on item nine. I thought that was gonna be a while. So I went and did something else. So I'm back uh, and on item 10, uh, I heard uh, most of uh, Maxine's comments just now. I did not hear, uh, is, is that Allison that's uh, in the room? Yes. Hello, greetings. Nice to, to see you from your the back right side. Anyway, um, I agree with uh, much of what I uh, heard uh, Maxine say. I'm sorry I missed the introduction uh, and Allison's uh, comments. I do hope that there, as I've said uh, before, I hope there is um, a fair amount of agreement on positive changes um, that can be made here as to Article 1. I think one could do a quick uh, set of uh, edits. I think Article 1 just really states kind of, you know, universal uh, thoughts and doesn't uh, compel anyone to do anything uh, specific, but it's nice uh, flowery language and it could always be updated. Um, as to Article 2 and meetings, I think that it still makes sense to have uh, lesser requirements for passive meetings because they're really something more like uh, staff meetings or certain things that are like somewhere between a staff meeting and a decision-making body. And I think the uh, kinds of requirements that are there for passive meetings still uh, make sense in the main. I am more interested in the difference that still exists with regard to um, charter board and commission meetings and other policy bodies in Article to particularly those that are set up in the administrative code and other city codes. And I see less of a reason, if any, uh, to have distinctions between those types of bodies, whatever the agenda requirements and, meeting, and minute requirements and public comment and all of that should apply 
um, uh, equally across the board. And, and so there are some um, particular provisions, for example, around minutes uh, that apply to charter boards and commissions and do not apply to um, other policy bodies. Um, I also wanted to uh, point out a couple of uh, instances uh, where there are good practices that exist now uh, with regard to some bodies but don't apply universally. Um, for example, the Board of Supervisors publishes uh, draft minutes uh, of full board meetings uh, by one day after uh, a board meeting. Board meetings are usually on Tuesday. By uh, Wednesday, 5 o'clock, there are draft minutes um, available. So one can uh, find out what the actions were, and the Board of Supes even already has, you know, who made public comment and what the disposition of all kinds of things are. So there's a lot of detail there. The Ethics Commission uh, posts a one or two page summary of actions that in narrative form explains. Uh, am I almost out of time? Yes, actually, you are, you are out of time, but uh, just to let you know, we will be giving other uh, opportunities for public comment throughout. I'm happy um, to, to share other thoughts. I'm right here. Okay. Thanks. So, um, uh, I also want to make sure I know Bruce said he might be coming back. Has he returned to the meeting or not yet? Okay, not yet. Um, here's what I'd like to do. Um, I'm going to start. Uh, um, I'm going to talk 1st with member Wong, and then we will open up for public comment. Um, on various sections, I am thinking and member Wong. Why don't you tell me if you. Um, in terms of chunking this out, I think we could very easily do. Um, uh, 67, 1, 67, 2, uh, we could take comments on that, or we could also wrap in 67, 3, and then take comments on, uh, all 3 of those sections. Do you have thoughts or a preference? Um, I don't know. Uh. Let's do all three. Oh, and don't worry. I will. I will give plenty of time for comments. I, because I know three is. Is quite long and there's a lot in there and I don't expect that we are going to get. Uh, um, again, this is going to take several sessions, but I think as we work through this, we can figure out what are the easy pieces and where uh, there might be more debate and discussion. Um, Member Wong, do you have anything uh, specific that you'd like to note in section 67-1? I don't. I don't know that I am prepared in the right way. I don't think I knew how exactly this discussion was going to go. So okay, you know, I think I think we had a discussion about it a couple of months ago. Uh, so I understand that, and then we because we had to postpone last time. Um, it might not be as fresh. Uh, one thing I uh, would like to address, and I believe uh, Ms. Washburn said the the changing of the uh, task force to a commission, right. um, which is uh, you know and and a very interesting idea that I know has been raised before, and I know uh, um, linguistically that would require a lot of changes throughout, but in some ways that uh, feels like. A discussion that maybe is beyond um, what I think we can accomplish in um, in this series of hearings. Although, absolutely, that's something that should be discussed at the full task force level. So I do want to track that, but I don't know. Um, and if anyone wants to comment further on that, I invite that. But I don't know how much time we would necessarily uh, 
need to spend need to spend debating the merits of that here. Um, I also did not have much in the first section, but again, when we take public comment, if there are specific things that people want to note, that would be fine. Also, um, Ms. Washburn, you had referred to some documents that you sent. I don't believe those came in time to be attached to the agenda, but uh, Ms. Leger, if you could attach them for this discussion section for the next agenda. Again, this is a rolling discussion, I and I, I would like to have those attached um, and identified as having been sent by Ms. Washburn. And if anyone else either participating now or who hears this later and has ideas that they want to submit, if you have any recommendations that you would like to attach to the next agenda, we do invite those so that everyone can see them as we discuss them. Um, moving on to 67.2. Um, I don't think there's anything to change there. Um, I'm just going to keep going, but if anyone, again, has comments on that, of course, we can come back to it. Um, if we move on to 67.3 with definitions, um, and maybe if we look, let's start with uh, everything through uh, B. Um, one thing that jumps out at me is um, this idea of a majority of members of the policy body at the same time and place, um, especially given what happened with the pandemic and the discussion of what does place mean. I mean, we are all meeting at the same time, but we are not in the same place. And I don't know how, I feel like there might need to be some uh, modification in there about what is allowed in terms of virtual participation or by phone. Um, and would love to, to have us discuss that. Uh, Member Wong, is there anything that jumped out at you through items A, uh, small A and B? Uh, no, again, I, my understanding for this, uh, this agenda item was to look over suggested amendments from the public and comment on those. So I do not have my own suggestions or comments prepared at all at this okay. time, unfortunately. Okay. Um. I think um, part of the issue is that I I was not present for the first meeting when um, this was placed onto the agenda, and so I don't think I had full context of uh, what was being planned. I see. Um, well, um, that's okay. This is going to take several several meetings anyway. Um, Maybe then here's here's what I will do. I will run through a couple of other things that I saw in section 67.3, and then I'm going to open it back up to members of the public to offer their comments, which I think will help us in terms of building a public record. It'll be great to have this audio, and then we can go back and sort of condense and uh, refer to um, the very the sec the suggestions that are me being made regarding each of the sections. Um. um Chair LaHood, could I also make a, a suggestion? Mm -hmm. 
or when we continue to hear this item, I think it would yes. make a lot of sense for us to be like, for us to prepare specific sections for each of our hearings. I mean, probably based on how tonight's goes and how long each of the items take. Um, but I think that would help not just uh, myself, but probably the members of the public as well, so they can be prepared to comment on specific sections. Absolutely. We do have on the agenda that um, this is about reviewing articles 1 and 2. Um, I, perhaps it is uh, overly ambitious because article 1 was so short and it, thought, <laughs> and it seemed like, well, then we'll just add on article 2, but article 2 is quite extensive. So, um, I think you're right that perhaps we could even spell out in more detail which pieces we're looking at and maybe don't need to take it article by article, but we could break down to even further subsections and have more robust conversations on each one. So, um, that is, that is a good suggestion. Um, other things that had jumped out at me, and I know there was, uh, people have comments about, uh, clarifying what passive meeting bodies are. Um, I'd also like us to consider, we did have, we've had in the past few years, a couple of complaints come before us regarding, um, uh, um, like green, uh, I think it was, uh, uh, community business districts, green district district formation committees, which raised a lot of questions and concerns because these were not city bodies, but yet there was city participation. And I think in some cases, even city funding being directed to these groups. And there was questions about did the sun, how did the sunshine ordinance apply to these again, not a conversation. I think we can resolve in an evening, but I think something to add to the list of what we should be discussing. Um, and I'm going to open it up again for public comment. On anything through section 673. Um, and I will say, since it's only 845, um, and we have 3 participants, uh, we can give everyone 3 minutes again, but you don't have to use your full time. I know some of you will have more comments on some sections than others. Um, and unless there's opposition, I'm thinking, let's just go in the same order uh, in terms of. Efficiency. So, Ms. Leger, whenever you're ready with the timer, we'll let Ms. Washburn speak first. Are you ready, ma'am? I'm ready. Yes. Um, go ahead. Okay. I just wanted to make a pitch for um, the Sunshine Commission language, and I. <clears throat> it, this is a big deal, and, and does warrant further discussion, certainly. But I actually just looked up task force in the dictionary <clears throat> and it really it may, means something that's rather short-lived and has a specific purpose it's that's the common sense of it and certainly that made sense early on <clears throat> but this appears to be a permanent body so um changing its name makes sense um I also, I have some questions. Um, 67.3B1 about um, what a meeting means, um, a congregation of a majority of the members of the policy body at the same time and place. And um, <clears throat> our group has thought about um, this 
um, in light of COVID and also in light of the attempt to claw back, um, for example, members of the public having to be at a meeting in person and uh, unless they, um, you know, had some uh, reason where, uh, why they couldn't because of a disability, for example. Um, <clears throat> and, but I think our group is thinking that for as much as possible for public meetings that the members of the body should be present. So, and I, we may speak to that later on. I actually didn't go back and study this in detail for tonight. I was, um, but that's something that warrants further discussion. I agree. Um, I had, I wanted a clar clarification, um, Chair LaHood about, um, these entities that have sprung up recently, certainly since my tenure on, on this body, um, what are they called these, um, business? Like, uh, 1 that came before us, there was a, uh, was it a green business district formation? Right formation committee. So the it wasn't the reason. A, what the only reason it came to us was because Mr. Sullivan felt he had a right to videotape the meetings. Right, and the the uh, group said no, you can't because the group said they were volunteers. They were it neighbors. wasn't a, it wasn't a body, and that the even though it was a formation committee, the body hadn't been formed. And it was, it was a very interesting discussion and I think we need to take, um, situations like that into consideration and see if, you know, how, how, um, is the line where it should be, or does the line or need to be moved a little bit to include, uh, groups like that if they are working with the city. Right. I know there's a but distinction. Also, the, the other stipulation is that the, those who are within the group all agree to do it. Right, and that was a big problem with this particular green benefits district committee. They were neighbors and they weren't necessarily looking to do something that would involve a uh, commitment from the city. This was like exploring. Right. What was right. Going. So it was, it was interesting. It's, mm -hmm. it's not clear cut, but I think that's something that should be considered. Right. Yeah. We were trying to clarify what passive meeting body means. That's, that's the goal. Yeah. So I think this is a chance to. Really try to be as clear as possible, knowing that new bodies are going <laughs> types of bodies are going to spring up. Right. I mean, we're saying that all the time. So I believe we ran through your three minutes. Uh, Sorry, but you, we took your time. But I was going to say, give, give her another minute because when you asked a question and we start, we jumped in. All right, I will adjust the time. I um, yeah, I just wanted to say that. Um, the work done on on this particular part, the effort was here in particular to, as I said, for once and for all to be clear about what a passive meeting is and what do we, um, what what is the responsibility of those at the meeting uh, to be. Uh, as transparent as possible and as as available to the public as possible. Um, so, for example, we don't say that they that they must allow public comment. For example, they can, but they don't have to. Should notice their should notice the meeting, at, you know, with the agenda and so forth. 
but it, 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 it does differ. But, you know, what constitutes a passive meeting body? But I think when you read further the policy body, I think we've nailed that down more firmly than as David Pilpow was suggesting. So. Okay, thank you. Uh, Ms. Anderson, would you like three minutes to speak on uh, the everything through 67.3? Um, thank you very much. Um, basically, I'd just like to say that I concur with what um, Allison has said. And I also concur with what you said earlier, where we try to break this down. I didn't know exactly how this was going to be handled. And I just looked at it in terms of the listing that you had attached to the agenda. So I just thought we were going to go through those issues and maybe strike out some and highlight others. But um, now that I'm getting a better sense of this, that we're going to go through it uh, systematically. Um, Again, uh, we do need to have definitions so the public knows what uh, a passive body is and what they should be able to expect in terms of having transparency within those bodies. Again, the League of Women Voters is, um, we believe in open government and transparency and people understanding how their government works. So having definitions that the, that the public can readily uh, put their hands on um, is very important to us. And with that, I'll hold the rest of my comments as I listen to more of what's being said here. Thank you. Thank you. Um, uh, we'll let Mr. Pilpel go. And I'm thinking since maybe we can go through a few more sections, we can also go through that list that we added. Um, I wanted to append that because we, um, we had we did some sort of general intake of ideas before, and I wanted to make sure that we weren't losing those. Um, we we can discuss those at this meeting or at a future meeting. Um, since there's so few of us, we can sort of maybe we can decide as we go. Mr. Pilpel, uh, do you have any specific comments on everything through section 67.3? Uh, member Willett, before we start on that, yes, is um, Member Wolf back? I was just going to say I'm seeing his face. So okay, yeah, there's a smile. He's here. Okay. <laughs> Uh, Member Wolf, uh, we are, um, you'll catch up. I'm not worried. <laughs> uh, Mr. Pilpel, if you would like three minutes uh, for any comments specific to section 67.1, 67.2, or 67.3, uh, you've got three minutes. Can you hear me now? Yes. Okay, great. Um, so, yes, I do. So, uh, back to 67.1, um, <laughs> it may not surprise uh, the members that I've been thinking about this for a long time. I, in fact, uh, have kept a document since 2005, which I'm looking at, which is now going on 18 years uh, of uh, edits that I uh, thought of at that time. I've made the occasional uh, change since then, but it's, it's largely still the same document from 18 years ago, and a lot of those edits still make sense now. So for 67.1, I just have a, a long series of uh, technical edits that I think ultimately pulls out uh, a few words and makes it more consistent throughout. I'm happy to submit those. It uh, uh, in, intends to change nothing of substance in 67.1, uh, but uh, just makes it uh, read a bit better. As to 67.2, uh, I would um, uh, agree with uh, Allison that uh, the question of whether, um, well, I mean, I think the ordinance will still be known as the ordinance, and I, I'm fine with that. 
whether the body is known as a task force, a commission, you know, some other entity, I think is a good uh, debate and discussion. I would suggest putting that off uh, until the discussion on 67.30 as to the uh, members and um, more on the legal landscape of how this may uh, come about. If it's a, a charter amendment uh, that would, and, and putting all kinds of language in the charter, that would suggest more a commission. Um, if not, then there are other potential names. But I'm, I'm not like hung up on the name of the thing uh, right now. I'm more concerned with the substance. Um, so that's 67.1 and 2. As to 67.3b1, um, I uh, agree with uh, Member LaHood that there is um, a um, kind of a, a, a problem with at the same time and place given how things are currently uh, happening. I also had uh, language to add to that to make it be more consistent with two, but perhaps just dropping the two words and place, so at the same time. And, and then the language that I uh, added to make it consistent with two is at the same time to hear, discuss, or deliberate upon any item within the subject matter jurisdiction of the policy body. So it's not just that um, a majority of the members are getting together at the same time, not necessarily the same place, but it's for what purpose? It's to hear, discuss, or deliberate upon any item within the subject matter jurisdiction. So if you happen to find yourself to, together at a, a social event or in an elevator or whatever, so long as you're not hearing, discussing, or deliberating upon any uh, thing within the subject matter jurisdiction, I don't consider that to be a meeting, and I don't think a reasonable read of the law should uh, uh, reach that conclusion. So that's um, 67.3. Uh, B1. Uh, if I just have another uh, couple of seconds, I think the question of scope and which bodies are covered is a good discussion either now or in the context of 67.32, because there really was some thought about what was within government and covered or potentially covered and what's outside government and thus not. Um, okay. And have Mr. Pilpel, I cut you off there. I, I wanted to let you finish your thought, but I, okay. I want to make I'll sure leave it at that for the moment. Thanks. Okay. Okay. Uh, Member Wolf, welcome. Um, what we're doing, uh, and as I said from the beginning, this is going to be a multi-meeting process, and I thought a way to get in this would be go section by section. We have three members of the public who um, I've been uh, inviting to make comment sort of uh, give additional public comment as we go through some of the sections. Um, Member Wong, I realized wasn't there at the initial meeting where we were discussing how this was would work and there was a little bit confusion of confusion, um, especially since um, we I had attached sort of the summary of suggestions that had come in from our previous discussions. Um, if you are amenable to this, I would like to continue through a few more sections um, where uh, uh, the members can discuss our thoughts on uh, changes and then we'll open it up again for public comments. Um, I know it may seem like things are moving quickly, but again, this is not definitive. This is just an opportunity to capture these ideas and at some point we will post uh, our version of a uh, a draft with suggested edits that we then can get additional comments on. If there's interest in going through the attached uh, uh, document that it looks like um, it was item eight from a previous meeting, we can definitely go through there and get comments on that. But 
uh, member Wolf, I, uh, any, any thoughts on this before we proceed? You mean, as far as process? Yes. Um, no, I, I, I think that I think it's okay. Um, we've got to start somewhere and it, yeah. it'll, I guess it'll evolve. Um, you know, into, into where and how it's got to go. Um, um, I do think going through it, um, you know, section by section, I mean, it. I think going through it section by section is is a, uh, will be helpful. We'll get, a, I think, a lot more robust uh, uh, discussion out of it. Uh, I'm just also want to be cognizant of time. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, if we're looking at a 2024 ballot, you know, want to make sure that we can get through it within yes. a year. So, uh, because then we have, you know, the, once it comes out of this committee, then we have the, the task force to contend with. Exactly. And we know there will be another layer of debate required uh, at that point. So right. I hear you. I'm wondering if it wouldn't be amenable, including our guests today, uh, if if and when we get through a certain section, if we can get to maybe some consensus or not, um, and then move those sections forward to the uh, to the task force, so it's not it's kind of done in piecemeal versus all at once. The only reason I would advise against that is because I think within the ordinance, there are some references from sections to sections. And I, I would rather have a less polished, but complete draft to send to the task force, like moving through it faster to get all the way to the end. Okay. Rather than, although maybe, maybe if it's at least complete articles, maybe, maybe that could work. Um, mm -hmm. Let's think about that. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Article two and article three are distinct from each other. They yeah. Don't, they don't reference each other. You know, right. That could work. Yeah. Okay. Right. Well, that's um, always, I mean, a place to start. So members, let's look at 67, four. Um, and again, I, I know, uh, member Wong, <laughs> your head is probably spinning. I will say that 1 thing that jumped out with me is what Ms. Anderson referred to in, um, regarding the city needing a central calendar. And, you know, when I look at 67, four, a 1, you know, such gatherings need not be formally noticed, except on the city's website, whenever possible. I think this might be a good place to add something about having. A central calendar, you know, and that does not preclude also having those items on each department's calendar, but having 1 place where people can look up and see what is happening. In terms of city meetings on Monday afternoon and, um, you know, being able to search and sort in all the ways that we know are technologically possible at this time. Um, members, do you does anything else jump out at you? In terms of 67, 4.
Um, so I'll I'll jump in. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I would say in in relation to what you were just mentioning, that there be um, and I don't know if this is too far down into the details, but to also make it available for the public to be able to sign up for noticing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know if that needs to be codified or not, but to make it, you know, a requirement, you know, uh, you know, for noticing uh, that there could be some sort of self sign up. The problem with that is then it's accessibility at the same time. So, uh, you know, it has to be accessible. You have to leave it open for people that, to use the, the most default which is a phone call. Please sign me up. I think that's a good addition. Um, I'm going to, uh, and don't worry, we will take public comment, but I'm going to add a few more things. Um, 67.5. I mean, this, this refers to the Brown Act. I don't know uh, if there's anything to be edited here, but I want to uh, open it up. Members, any comments on this section? Okay. The only thing I think the code section changed, didn't it? Ah, uh, yes, but we, the good news is we heard from, uh, our uh, deputy city attorney that although it's not happening uh, um, immediately, there's a process for cleaning up um, all of those code changes. So they eventually will be replaced with the correct numbers. If we trust the system to work. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, this is, this is somewhat, you know, you know, consistent with the Brown Act anyway, mm-hmm. you know, in cre- creating greater expedited public access that's already there. Okay, and if we jump to 67.6, um, I have a few thoughts on this, but members, I, uh, or actually, I'll I'll say them first and then, uh, um, I think this section again, time and place for meetings. I think we need some clarity about, um, you know, what constitutes place and what language we might need to incorporate about virtual access. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, acknowledging what Ms. Washburn said that ideally, you know, members of the bodies as much as possible would be here in person, but also recognizing that there are some allowed exceptions, but also know, knowing that, um, more and more uh, members of the public seem to be participating remotely and what might be required to facilitate that more easily. Um, Also noting the section on emergency, which in the past couple of years, I think has been, uh, boy, was that pushed to the test, put to the test. Um, I'm also wondering about in section uh, F, talking about waiver maybe given by telegram which seems so archaic to me, uh, arcane at this point. Um, and then talking about uh, further provided that the notice of the special meeting shall be given at least 15 days prior to said special meeting being held at an alternate location. 
And it just seems that, you know, with modes of communication available to us at this point, does it, does that, do we still need 15 days for that kind of, of noticing? Um, those are things that jumped out at me. Um, uh, member Wong, member Wolf, is there anything else that you've noted in this section or that you would raise again? This is not, does not have to be everything under the sun. I'm just thinking if we can go through a little bit and then get some comments, maybe on those past couple of sections before we move forward. I'm just quickly reading through. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> I think what Maxine had mentioned earlier about uh, facsimile that's also mentioned mm -hmm. uh, in section E. Um, something else that may be worth being more specific about too is in section C um, regarding holidays. I don't know mm -hmm. if that should be a little more specific or it should continue to be loose like that or even maybe more generic. Um, mm -hmm as holidays continue to change and i don't know if it's like is it a state holiday is it a city holiday is it a holiday recognized by a member of the body um i think that i don't know could use more detail potentially good idea um actually i wanted to there was one other thing I, I just was able to open my notes. Um, for 67.4, mm -hmm. but it also applies to agendas in other places. Is just the three day, the three business day, uh, right? Notice of of agendas. You know my concern, and I'll just say it now. So we when we get to that part, it'll be we, we'll. I've heard it here now. Um, my concern is, is that when we look, we, there's just so many items on agendas now and commissions at the Board of Supervisors and the enterprise agencies that are so, they're like, so um, uh, uh, pertinent to everyday living. I mean, a really serious stuff that would change like the landscape of the city in a way and the way we operate here, that three days is not enough for the public when those departments and those commissioners have been looking at all that work product for months, if not years. Hmm. You know, that the public gets to see it for the first time three days before the meeting and ex is expected to you know you know have read through you know hundreds of pages or very arcane legalese or constitutional language you know that uh, can be very complicated and not be not knowing what or have the time so i want just as a rubric i want us to think about whether three business days for agendas is still appropriate and if it maybe it should be longer more more days in advance and maybe for which maybe for certain bodies it's a certain amount of time for other bodies it's a different amount of time you know that kind of thing 
Thank you. That is um, that is an interesting comment, and I'm seeing that coming up in uh, at the top of the next section uh, as well. Um, but before we get there, I would like to give um, our uh, uh, opportunity for public comment on 67.4, 67.5, and 67.6. Um, again, we'll give you each three minutes, which you don't need to use if you want to. Uh, um, uh, keep things moving until we get to a later section where um, you may have more passionate comments. Wait, yeah, it's right here, 676. So, yeah, it applies right now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, and I'm just going to keep going in the same order. So, uh, Ms. Washburn, if you would uh, like to comment, uh, Ms. Leger will let you know when she's ready with the timer. And just so everyone knows, the first timer is says tells the first ding gives you 30 seconds left. The second ding is the end of your time. Okay. Ready? I'm ready. Okay. You made again. Okay. Um so 67.4 um B. Um I know Maxine was emphasizing the need to have information about meetings in one place. And I had forgotten that we had this for passive meeting bodies. Um, and I, I think we should make sure that um, we really nail this down. We want to make it very easy for members of the public to find out what's going on. Um, I like. Bruce's idea about um, having members of the public sign up for noticing. Um, so efforts like that, I think it's this is an opportunity to really get serious about that. Um, and 67.6, um, time and place for meetings. Um, yeah, this is something that we know the group of us that have been in the um, the trenches on this know that um, we need to uh, we need more language that will clarify this for everyone, for members of bodies um, and members of the public. Um, yeah, we need to get facsimile out of this. But in defense of the drafters here, we did get Telegram removed because I don't think Telegrams are a thing anymore. Right? I don't think you can, Western Union's out of business. So I checked and it had been stricken. So, um, and the three business days, um, I, Bruce makes an excellent point. Again, this is something that's, that he's just, you know, we're just bringing, thinking about right now. Um, and it's in line with this principle of really, making it possible for people to know what's going on, to have an opportunity to participate. Um, but the three business days, I think we kind of, there was 72 hours throughout the whole ordinance. And I think we just kind of defaulted to three business days and we need to uh, make sure we tailor the length of time. It should be in business days rather than hours for sure. But, um, you know, really think carefully about um, this principle of making, um, you know, making it possible for people to be active participants in their government. And I have to say that I'm fading, folks. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm losing, my, I'm starting to lose my voice, which is, I haven't done that much talking today. <clears throat> 
Okay, thank you. Uh, Ms. Leger, if you want to reset the clock and uh, Ms. Anderson, you'll have three minutes. And again, we're focusing on 67.4 through 67.6. Are you ready, ma'am? Uh, yes, I am. And okay. I'm very brief because I am agreeing with all the points being made by both Bruce, uh, Bruce Wolf, although I had not thought about extending the uh, notice time on the agenda from three, three business days to maybe a week out. So people have an opportunity to digest the information. That's on the agendas, but that is something um, definitely worth thinking about. But um, other than that, I believe I have stated in for purposes of these sections what I felt about uh, what possibly uh, what possible changes could be made. So with that, I will cede the rest of my time. Thank you. Thank you. Uh... Ms. Leger, if you could reset the clock, and Mr. Pilpel, uh, you've got up to three minutes for 67.4 through 67.6. Uh, I'll try. Um, okay. Uh, I definitely agree with uh, Maxine on the master uh, calendar. Um, I'm not sure. I, I, I tend to think that the best place for that is somewhere in 67.29-2 about uh, what needs to be on the uh, internet, but I'm open to other ways to do it. I think it should include uh, passive um, meetings, uh, policy body meetings, other kinds of events. So yeah, you should be able to say, hey, it's a you know Tuesday night. Um, what's happening? What are my choices if I want to engage with government? Um, passive meeting 67.4b has always been a bit of an odd. Uh, section and I would want to revisit that in the context of 12L and uh, nonprofits. Um, I, I think that there was some intent behind uh, that section originally. I'm not sure if it still makes sense or if it needs um, uh, some tweaking. I'm not sure how workable it is. 67.5 is really just incorporating the Brown Act. I don't believe it was the Brown Act that was renumbered. I think it was uh, CPRA. So I think. Um, the current Brown Act references are generally uh, good. Um, on 67.6, there's a lot of work that could be done there. I would suggest that that's um, probably a larger discussion for another night uh, or day about what are ongoing responsibilities of departments and policy bodies about um, having procedures in place and. Um, setting regular meeting times and such, and then what are the more specific requirements throughout this uh, article um, that should happen before a meeting, during a meeting, and after a meeting. Um, and those can be segmented, and there, there's a lot to all of those concepts. Um, I agree that um, three uh, days or three business days in many cases is not sufficient time. Um, I think that it is generally sufficient only for bodies that meet once a week and have a quick turnaround. For those, I've always believed in a 357 scheme. So those bodies that meet once a week, three days in my view is sufficient. Those that meet about twice a month, five uh, business days or five calendar days 
um, something like that seems more appropriate. And for those that meet once a month or don't have a regular schedule and meet on call, I think seven days or a week out uh, makes sense. Um, principally, as uh, Bruce mentioned, so that um, things that are, you know, brand new big ideas for reshaping the city uh, should get more uh, time and attention rather than just three days when you put something out on a Thursday or Friday for a meeting on Monday and you're going to, you know, re-examine the whole world uh, on, at a Monday meeting. That that does not seem cool. Um, there, I'll leave it That's at that it. for the moment. <laughs> or okay. next time. Thank you. So let me ask uh, members, uh, members uh, Wolf and Wong, um, would you like to go through a few more sections or would you like to review the suggestions that we had received and consolidated from previous meetings? Um, what are your thoughts? Member Wolf here. Yes. Uh, well, I think it's worthwhile if if we received um, some items from previous meetings that uh, we should at least um, see if any of them match up now or not. Um, or if not, then we'll just you know forge ahead as we have been, but. Um, I don't want to uh, dismiss anybody's good work and good thoughts, uh, whether we whether they're acceptable or not. Okay, the one um, uh, interesting thing to note on this, and I uh, believe someone said this uh, early in the meeting, is uh, some of these suggestions are even at odds with each other. Um, so, uh, but perhaps it would be good to go through. Um, Actually, maybe we could look specifically the ones that uh, pertain to uh, public access to meetings. There, actually, we have a lot of recommendations regarding public records, a few recommendations on the list, list regarding public meetings, and then um, a longer list regarding implementation, operations, and authority. Um, Do you think we should just look at the public meeting ones uh, for now, or just go th go through the whole list and sort of uh, see where we have um, no, agreement or disagreement? No, let's just look at the ones that pertain to what we're talking about. Okay, so um, and we haven't gotten to all of these things yet because we haven't gotten through. We have not uh, gotten to the end of Article Two. But I'll just read these into the to the record. The the previous comments that we uh, or suggestions that we've received regarding public meetings from those uh, earlier sessions were uh, require all boards and commissions subject to the Sunshine Ordinance to keep minutes. And I think someone else had mentioned uh, something related to that uh, um, earlier. Uh, the second one is provide consistent requirements for all public meetings regarding agendas, minutes, and the conduct of meetings. Uh, the third is create a centralized website documenting all upcoming city meetings and agendas. We keep hearing this. Everybody wants this. Um, and I think if there's if there's anything we really fight for, I think that would be um, I, I think that would be the most appreciated. And then require agenda items to include a proposed action or be identified as for discussion only. 
I know where that came from. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, um, any and uh, uh, I'll ask members first. Any any thoughts on these? Do any of these uh, yay, nay, or requiring discussion? Uh, I, go ahead, Member Jamal. I keep going first. Do you want to go first? Oh no, that's okay. Yeah, no. I you missed it. I earlier had said I was not. I don't think correctly prepared for this item. So. Okay. <laughs> so um, I would say just looking at this that. There's more types of meeting bodies than just boards and commissions, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, because and so I think we need to. It's got to be like the compendium of meeting bodies versus trying to identify somebody will think of a new animal in the future. And we have to find a way to kind of encapsulate that. I mean, the framers did the best they could to try and cover things up to now 20 years later. And it's been okay, so I think we need to follow in the same kind of thought to try and be, um, you know, somewhat all encompassing. And a board and a commission and a task force and whatever, you know, animal it is. Um, Do you want them all to keep minutes? Yes, they should okay. all keep minutes, including uh, passive meeting bodies. Okay. Uh, any thoughts on uh, any of the other ones on this list? I think we, you know, everybody's already mentioned that, you know, centralized area on the web for meetings and agendas. Oh, um, uh, consistent requirements. Let, let's it, it's it's really a matter of like format, right? That there's some like uh, agreed. Base baseline standard is if you ever review the um, ethics commission, let's say, you know, their agendas are called interested persons notices, I think, or something like that. I, I don't understand what that means with regards to an agenda, mm -hmm. you know, that kind of thing. Um, so I, I think, you know, uh, you know, an agenda is an agenda. Call it an agenda. Everybody needs to call it an agenda. I think we have to get to a place of where things are familiar and predictable. You know, in a in a decentralized, very siloed government. You know, things need to be for the general public predictable and familiar. Okay. I'll stop there. Okay, uh, member Wong, any, any other thoughts on these 1, 2, 3, 4 suggestions? Not at this time. No. Okay. Um, I'm going to. Open up for public comment. Um, on, and do you all have, uh, um, I know I read it into the record, but I hope you all have visibility again. This is from the, the attachment that was labeled. Uh, in item 10, but labeled item 8 and about halfway down, there's a short section with the recommendations regarding public meetings. Uh, so, Ms. Jay, if you want to set the timer, uh, and you don't need to use the whole 3 minutes, but, uh, or set it for 3 minutes and we'll start with Ms. Washburn. Are you ready, ma'am? Um, I am. I don't know that I have a whole lot to say about, um. 
the suggestions. I know that <clears throat> one thing we attempted to do that might be relevant here is to be under policy body, we expanded what that means. So it's, you know, it's not just um, commissions that are mentioned in the charter, for example. Um, but, um, and that this is actually under definition. So a lot of what um, we're requiring later on in terms of agendas, the way meetings are conducted and so forth applies to, you know, really uniformly across those bodies. So maybe we, in a sense, have addressed that problem already by our most recent language, if I'm understanding what mm -hmm. that uh, particular suggestion was. Um, so I think that you know, it will require that we go back and really, for me at least, review the definitions again, make sure that um, we've brought all the animals that we can into the into their right cages, knowing that there are new ones out there, these um, green business district committee or whatever, um, these exciting new exotic things. Green business. Foundation. Oh, you know, I think it's green business district or green benefits district. Sorry. Green benefits, benefits district. district. Okay. Yeah. All right. So I think, I think we may have done that, but we need to go back and make sure. And then once, you know, once we're expansive enough with the definitions, it may make everything else easier to do. Um, and I'm not sure what I think about having all meetings run. I mean, there could be best practices. You know, that would be a project to come up with best practices. I don't know if that needs to be in the ordinance or not, or whether we expect all of these um, bodies to operate in the same way while adhering, I mean, they would have to adhere to the ordinance as far as agendas and public comment and all that stuff. <clears throat> okay, thank you. Uh, Ms. Leger, if you'd like to reset the timer and uh, Ms. Anderson, we'll give you three minutes uh, to comment on um, these suggestions and, and comments on them that you've heard already. You ready, ma'am? Yeah, thank you very much. Um, as far as the suggestions, I think um, they're pretty much encapsulated in what we've been speaking about before we went to this particular list, because what we're talking about here is establishing some consistencies, hopefully, um, in um, as far as our different boards, commissions, policy bodies. Um, Anybody working on the business of the city with a long definition of that to me, um, to have some consistency in, in what they present, because otherwise the public will be confused as to what it is they should expect. And I think it makes it easier if there's some consistency. They don't have to be totally conforming, but at least some kind of framework within which. Um, uh, our policy bodies 
um, can work um, if you use my definition for policy bodies. Um, and um, other than that, we've spoken about the cent centralized um, website uh, location for um, meeting schedules and agendas. And let's see, the other thing they said was, I, I don't exactly know what they mean by require agenda items to include a proposed action or be identified as for discussion only. Do they basically, is the suggestion, if you, if you understand this, that if there's going to be something the body is going to do, that it should boldly say that, or if it's just something people are talking about, that should also be said um, also. So I need more clarity on exactly what was meant by that um, that um, suggestion, since both things could be going on in any one meeting. So with that, I will I am done. Thank you. So before I hand it to uh, Mr. Pilpel, I will answer that question. That particular point uh, comes from a member of the public. Who, uh, um, so there is language like this in the ordinance, uh, with regards to the, uh, the sunshine ordinance task force. Um, he has been asking us to, to put on the agenda that our action is. To find a violation and since we haven't had our hearing yet, it doesn't, uh, it doesn't seem to make sense for our procedures. Um. And I might it may be getting too much in the weeds for that. I, I understand what he's asking for in wanting enough information to know uh, uh, what's going to happen at meetings. Um, but it's uh, it's a very fine point. I don't know if uh, Member Wolf or Member Wong, you have thoughts on a better way to describe to describe that particular recommendation. Well, the way I I've heard it was. Everything that's on the agenda is actionable, whether it's for discussion or not. And um, I don't agree with, I don't ascribe to that. I don't agree with it. Um, I understand why a person might think that. Um, and in some meeting bodies, not government necessarily, um, that could be the case. Any item that's on the agenda could go from discussion to uh, action, um, but their bylaws would have to uh, uh, allow for that. Uh, I think in government, it's a completely different uh, thing and that uh, there has to be much, a lot more uh, uh, deference to the public uh, than there is to the body itself. So if the body, if the so if the body wants to say that it's for discussion only, then it's discussion only, and no action, you know, will be taken. Period. So thank you, uh, Mr. Pilpel. Uh, we'll give you three minutes, Ms. Lachey, when you're ready with the timer. You ready, David? I am. Good. Okay, so on a variety of uh, topics here, on, first on passive meetings, I think if you require minutes and too much process for passive meeting bodies, 
they'll just stop creating them. And instead of having, you know, some smart people in a, a room uh, talking about something as a passive meeting, you'll uh, body, you'll just get, you know, some unnamed, unknown staff person in the mayor's office creating uh, policy, and suddenly that'll be the case, and we'll have no idea how it, it came to be, and there just won't be passive meetings. And it's not about this mayor, it's about any mayor, and uh, just the way the bureaucracy works. So I, I think it's important to have some process, but not too much around uh, passive meetings, understanding that that's not the last stop for uh, decisions uh, on, on that issue. I, I want to go back for a second, and, and we should have a broader conversation sometime about what is a meeting. I think it really is a gathering of people at the same time, not necessarily the same place, but on the same topic. Uh, in this case, a government-sanctioned body, not a private uh, entity, um, that's uh, one of several things. It's either a final decision-making body that's an advisory body like uh, Prozac or the MTA or PUC, CAC, you know, an advisory uh, body or something that's lower level like a passive meeting body. And I think you continue to exclude staff meetings because staff are going to meet all day, every day and keep notes or not keep notes and, and that's going to be whatever that is. Uh, and, and if you so that leads me to the, the point about benefits and burdens. I think where there's a meaningful and demonstrable public benefit, even if that imposes additional burdens on the government, then those costs should be ascertained and we make trade-offs and say, okay, I am willing to pay for um, minutes for all bodies or certain bodies, or I am willing to have three minutes minimum of public comment for any person who shows up on any item, blah, blah, blah. But there are trade-offs uh, for all of that, and those costs are not, in some cases, insignificant. So I think we should bear that in mind. Last two points here, the dynamics and needs really do vary somewhat uh, by body. Those uh, bodies that are concerned with land use or are case-driven are different from those that deal primarily with policy and contracts and legislation. And so understanding that the nature of the Planning Commission is different from the Board of Supervisors and the MTA Board and the PUC and Rec Park uh, is useful. And finally, uh, on this question of the contemplated scope of an item and the intended action, where there really is a clear intention, I think that should be stated as opposed to we've got a case involving 1234 Market Street and that's open for action and discussion. You can't predict in advance where that's going to go. Um, and so having some flexibility I think makes sense, but where there really is a staff recommendation or an intended action, that should be specified on the agenda. I think we're in agreement there. Thanks. Okay, thank you. Uh, I have to run. Okay, uh, Ms. Washburn has to run. And members, I want to ask you, I know uh, um, we had some uh, uh, petitioners uh, not show up today, and so um, we were able to start this discussion earlier, which was fortunate because there's a lot to be said. Um, would you like to continue or would you like to uh, wrap up the meeting and continue this at our um, next compliance and amendments committee meeting? I'd like to continue to the next meeting. Member Wong? Um, I would too, but I'm also a little biased because I'm not prepared today and also I won't be at August's meeting. So. <gasps> no! <laughs> <laughs> well, 
I'm not a good person to ask. Oh my goodness. Um. Well, perhaps, Member Wong, you can put it in writing. Actually, I love that idea. We can, then we can introduce it. And if you have any arguments, you know, for or against something with those okay. answers. Yeah, I think, uh, Chair LaHood, if you provide, you know, the sections you'd like to cover, then I can definitely provide my thoughts. Absolutely. And actually, I think today uh, was helpful and I will go back and listen to the audio to see about how much ground we were able to cover uh, and then perhaps pace it out a little better rather than saying, and we're going to do all of article two, which may have been overly ambitious. Um, because, you know, I, I do want to make sure that there's opportunity for discussion. And again, just because we've gone, you know, we've had the 1st pass at these um, uh, sections. We need to, I know there's going to be a lot of feedback and I welcome uh, anyone who has other written comments, members and uh, members of uh, the committee and members of the public. And we want to do our best to sort of incorporate these and pull them together before we pass our recommendations onto the full task force. Sounds like fun. Okay, so uh, on that note, I would like to continue this, this, this item, uh, further discussion on this item. Uh, to our next compliance compliance and amendments committee meeting. That's my motion. And since it's just a, do we, do we need a 2nd, or we just yeah. need to um, okay. we need a 2nd. I'm just pausing for. Yep. <laughs> okay, I, I will 2nd. <laughs> okay. Anyone have public comment on that? Uh, I'll, <laughs> I will open it up for public comment. Uh, we have no one left in the room here. Uh, Mr. Young is, or I guess everyone, uh, uh, microphones are open. Is there any public comment on continuing this discussion to our next meeting? Hearing none, uh, please call the vote. Oh, hello? Oh, oh, you do have a comment. Okay. Sorry, uh, David Pilpel. I, I have yes. no objection to continuing. I was just going to say I don't know what uh, Member Wong's uh, schedule is in August or meeting room availability, but if it's possible to uh, move the uh, meeting date so that all three of you are present, uh, that would be best. Uh, if there's no way for her to uh, participate in person, then uh, whatever you got to do. But yes, I support the motion. Thanks for listening. Any other public comment? Okay, uh, uh, Ms. Anderson. No, I don't think she was okay. The only thing oh. I would say, I've been sitting here thinking that um, somewhere in the agenda when you uh, agendize uh, this discussion, could you put the manner in which we're going to have the discussion? Like we're going to discuss um, items here to here. If you have any thoughts on them, you know, make sure that you've read those parts of the uh, sunshine ordinance. So when we come in, we can have um, more robust discussion. Yes, I think uh, I've heard that both from members of the public and uh, members of the committee. So I will make sure that happens for the next uh, next meeting. Fantastic. Thank you. Uh, so, Ms. Leger, please call the vote. 
<clears throat> Chair LaHood? Aye. Chair LaHood, aye. Member Wong? Aye. Member Wong, aye. Member Wolf? Aye. Member Wolf, aye. Moved by Chair LaHood, second by Member Wong to continue further discussion on this item to the August Compliance and Amendments Committee meeting. Okay, thank you. Uh, next item, please. Item number 11, announcements, comments, questions, and future agenda items by members of the Compliance and Amendments Committee. Uh, members, do you have any announcements, comments, questions, or future agenda items? I don't. Well, maybe you want to announce what dates are you actually going to be away in August so that you're not uh, going to be at the CEC meeting? No. I, I don't. I... Yes, I agree. Yeah. Um, right, because there's not really an opportunity for us to move this meeting. So. Um, no, I know. I was yeah. going to say at that point, she could say the date that she would be unavailable. I'd prefer not to make it part of public record. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Thank you. Um, uh, Member Wolf, any announcements, comments, questions, or future agenda items? Okay. I don't have any either. Um, so I think it's time for uh, to call the next item. Item number 12 adjournment. Okay. Thank you everyone. This has not been our latest meeting, but it was pretty long. I appreciate all of your help and participation in this discussion and look forward to meeting with you next time. Have a great evening. Have a good one. Bye. Bye. Chair LaHood, we started.